106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I've held an AR-15 in my hand. I wish I had it. <laughs> it is as heavy as 10 boxes that you might be moving. Uh, and the bullet that is utilized, a 50 caliber. Are you serious? Uh, need to be licensed and do not need to be on the streets. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I've got something I want you to see. This is what we enjoy in Florida. This is the Florida we know and love. This is what our governor, our speaker, our president, this is what all these law enforcement officers and administrators and sheriffs and police chiefs and their officers do every day. They guarantee an environment where you can come here and have fun. Heck, you can even have more fun. Here's another picture. This is the Florida we know and love. We're a special place, and there are millions and millions of people who like to come here, and quite frankly, we like to have them here. So we only want to share one thing as you move in hundreds a day. Welcome to Florida, but don't register to vote and vote the stupid way you did up north. You'll get what they got. <laughs> There's a reason that this place is fun. There's a reason why we have a 49-year low crime rate. And the same people that don't think we should have an anti-rioting bill or a rioting bill are the same ones that think we ought to let more people out of prison. And where they're doing that, as the governor and our speakers have alluded to, crime goes up. But it's not just crime that goes up, victimization goes up. The people in those states are hurt and killed, and their livelihoods changed, and their children are changed. to this in the middle of the morning but for me it's good evening so the world revolves around me right now uh it's a nice night it's a little later than i would like it to be but things got to be the way they got to be this is lou benninger and you're listening to no hostages radio this is a podcast that happens once a week every saturday and uh this is our 108th episode uh, and it is happening on uh, April 24, if you're getting it, getting it fresh. Otherwise, you can get it whenever you want it. And uh, so some of you connect with us through your podcast source, and some of you go to our website at nohostagesradio.com. So you can also reach me at lou at nohostagesradio.com, lou at nohostagesradio.com, L-O-U. 
And let's see, you can dial me up at 530-713-1838. Again, 530-713-1838. You can text, call. Let's see, what else can you do? I'm not quite sure. But anyway, you can reach me. I am on the on the left coast and up in Northern California for those that are uh, listening from from beyond the area. And uh, sitting here in Yuba County, one of the 58 counties of California. And uh, we're going to be here for uh, six segments. They're about 20-minute segments, and then there's some clips I fit in in between that are educational clips from uh, on a variety of topics that are shaking right now around the country and sometimes the world, but a lot of it's just around the country. So uh, we'll take a break. Gives me a chance to uh, <clears throat> throw down some tea or something hot or cold, depending on the, the situation, and gives you a chance to listen to someone other than me, and most often it's someone a lot smarter than I am. So uh, welcome, and uh, I'm glad you're here. Let's see. I wanted to mention right away a couple things for those that might listen for a bit and then drag off, fall asleep have to go somewhere, do something. And so I want to mention, uh, continue to mention a car show. Let's see, there's a couple of car shows. Uh, Monty Hecker told me when his sh car show was coming up. And let me see if I can. I thought he told me it was like May 5. Let me see. No, it's no, it's not 5. I'm going to have to figure this out again. Maybe he told me it was May 8. So watch for a car show at, at uh, out at the Oliverst, uh VFW, which is on Powerline Road in Oliver's, California. And uh, I thought he told me it was the 8th, um, May 8th. So uh, that's going to be a great car show. Monty Hecker, who is a supporter of this program, is uh, a big car guy and uh, loves to, loves to uh, build cars, repair, re you know, restore cars. And they do that as a fundraiser out there for them. And uh, there's also a car show going to be in Marysville on uh, Memorial Day or Memorial Day week, Memorial weekend, May 29th, starting at 9 a.m. in the morning. And it'll, it just says it's going to keep going until they decide to stop it during the, throughout the day. There's going to be cars inside and outside. It's going to be at uh, 11th and J Street, which is a building they call the 530 building, 530 building, 11th and J in Marysville. And he, I talked to him yesterday, Alex, and he said, Lou, there's just there's a lot of momentum. There's going to be a lot of people there. So there, you might think, oh, I'm not really into cars. There's going to be some really cool cars there. But there's also going to be some activities for young people, kids, and, and uh, raffles and fun things. And, and the, the money, they're going to raise money because Alex is a, a former, uh, he's a military veteran. Let me put it correctly. He's a military veteran, and he's concerned about the, the health and welfare of the veterans. And he, so some of this money that's going to be raised is going to uh, mill it to support military veterans and uh uh, emergency response veterans who have been traumatized and maybe be struggling with some depression and things in their life. And so uh, money's going to that, like fight, that's called Fight the War Within Foundation. 
And another portion of the money is going to Trauma Intervention Program, which is a Yuba Sutter program, Yuba Sutter Counties, California, to uh, go out on 911 calls and work with survivors of uh, severe tragedies and uh, and also uh, work with the emergency responders who have to go through those tragedies as well. So those are their fundraise. That's where the money's going. So we'll have a lot of food trucks there. There's going to be activities. There's probably going to place be a place to donate. So the the folks putting cars or entering the cars pay a little bit of money. I've never really been involved in one of these situations before, so I didn't know how it all worked. I just always have gone and just really liked the cars. So uh, Alex Suarez is the uh, the gentleman that is the the brainiac behind all this and he if you want to reach him on email he said uh his email is my bumperman at gmail.com my bumperman my bumper just like bumper on a car man all one word my bumperman at gmail.com if you want to find out more about it uh, <clears throat> or you could dial him up at three five two six nine three seven seven two three uh, maybe it's an, maybe that's, yeah, it looks like a two, three, five, two, six, nine, three, seven, seven, two, three wrote this out for me. Uh, okay. So that's that. Also, I want to mention that coming up, some of you were at hundreds of you were at the free and brave conference that <clears throat> happened a few months ago and, uh, free and brave part two is coming up or 2.0, however you want to say it, is coming up May 21, 22, and 23. And it's going to be incredible. I don't have uh, all the details. I tried to get the details, uh, but they didn't send them over to me. I think they just forgot. But we have plenty of time. that, And I wanted the details, the lineup of speakers, which I think will, will be shockingly impressive to you. And uh, they're top-notch medical people, uh, vaccine specialists, uh, virologists, constitutionalists, all kinds of people coming. And so that's going to be May 21, 22, 23. There, there is no cost to that. Um, the, big, the big push is the Friday night, the 21st, and then all day Saturday, the 22nd, and there'll be a carryover on the 23rd. Um, a short short period of tw- the morning of the 23rd. I don't know that it's going to there's going to be a meeting evening meeting yet. The thing is still kind of coming together. But they've already got many many speakers lined up and uh some top-notch science scientist type folks that uh should be a great help to many people. So uh uh maybe put that on your calendar. I I thought it would be totally packed the last time. It was pretty full. It was very full. Uh, I think we're going to have to find some more chairs this time uh, to fill the building uh, to capacity. So uh, that's that. I want to also mention that uh, Recall Gavin 2020. There's a lot of discussions about that. It's fascinating discussions that I, you know, sometimes when people say things you just never thought about, you just think, wow, I never, it's just like, that never crossed my mind right there. So I we've been talking about this recall Gavin since June of last year when it started, June 10th, we could start collecting signatures. And my what I keep hearing is 
the the number of signatures needed was like 1.4 million, one almost 1.5. But they turned in over 2.1 million signatures, which is uh, obviously not huge compared to the number of people in the state of California, which is, I guess, around 40 million. But we needed 1.5, and they gave in 2.1. <clears throat> and they're 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 uh, sorting out those signatures right now to make sure they are true signatures, they're accurate, they're uh, they're honest signatures. And uh, then there's I mentioned the process before on how the whole recall comes together. There's all kinds of different agencies involved. The state of California that have to approve those signatures, give people a chance after they count up. If they, once they count up the number of signatures and they say okay, there's enough signatures to put this on the ballot to recall then they have to give people a 30-day window kind of a remorse window where you say oh i signed it but i changed my mind so they have to give people a 30-day window and then after that they have to reconfirm how many they have and if they have that then they go ahead and set a date for the um, the recall and uh, some people are predicting that's going to be around november of uh, 2021 this year and uh, but some interesting things. In fact, uh, I, I have a clip and hear Rick Grinnell talking about some odd, odd uh, situations that might come up. So uh, on, that if it really looks like Gavin Newsom's not going to win, uh, which many people are reporting he's going to win a recall, he's going to win and stay in power because of the fantastic amount of money that they're going to have. And. Um, and, you know, they'll probably have 20 times the amount of money that one any one candidate will have because of his uh, wealth and all the people that are connected to him. And it is a blue state. But if people feel like he, there's a chance he could lose, they may the Democrats may ask him to resign. And if they were to ask him to resign or if he would resign, then the lieutenant governor would take over and the recall would be null and void because he will have left voluntarily. So there's a couple situations there uh, that that could occur. There's another situation, and I and I, I'm it's it's a little foggy in my mind where he would appoint himself to a vacancy and uh, and move into another political position. And again, another another person would take over his spot, another Democrat. So that would be a way for the Democrats to secure the state, hold the state as a Democrat governor, Newsom be able to stay in political power somewhere. Uh, for instance, if if uh, if Dianne Feinstein or or Nancy Pelosi were to step down, he could appoint himself to replace them, and uh, then he could stay in power somewhere. But uh, there would be a Democrat control over the state, which would negate the opportunity of 2.1 million signers on petitions. They would lose their opportunity to get a chance to vote in a conservative person, you see. So the two-way thing here, one, get rid of Newsom. Number two is try to re- uh, replace him with a more conservative, um, uh, non-corrupt person. So I had never thought of those options, but uh, obviously uh, there's people much smarter than I thinking through these political gymnastics. Um, okay, so if you want to help, uh, and they're going to need help, 
you know, we, we did well. We got the petitions signed. We got enough signatures. But it takes a gargantuan amount of money. And already, you know, some of the unions and teachers unions are chipping in a quarter of a million here, 400000 there. Uh, so there's going to be just bajillions of dollars uh, put towards this. And uh, the interesting thing will be is is uh, who who will throw their, their uh, name in the hat, so to speak, that might be uh, a name that could draw a lot of votes, plus someone that could really uh, be a good administrator of the state of California. Not everybody could. And, uh, again, Arnold Schwarzenegger did that when Gray Davis was recalled. But Arnold uh, was not a great governor, uh, even though he, he won easily. Okay, um, Let's see. All right. So that, so, oh, I was going to mention then to go to Recall Gavin 2020, our old website, Recall Gavin, G-A-V-I-N 2020. That's 2020, the numerics, not writing it out. RecallGavin2020.com, and you could find a place on that website to donate money to the cause. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna want to put on commercials. Uh, they may want literature. They're they're certainly gonna make yard signs. There's other groups that are actually involved in making yard signs and selling paraphernalia and stuff. And you could support them as well if you want. If you want, obviously, you can do whatever you want. I'm just telling you. Uh, sometimes there's scams. And uh, they'll hustle your money, but they're really not going to help Recall Gavin. But Recall Gavin 2020 uh, is the the uh, location for the people that started this recall and are carrying it out. All right. Uh, okay. So let me look here. I was just uh, looking uh, on if you want a good um, online newspaper. Uh, polit- political articles. The California Globe is a great one. And uh, Katie Grimes is the editor of this uh, California Globe. And there's a great article. Um, and the title is UC Davis in-person graduation. And then it is a colon and in in other words this is what's demanded of the in-person graduation face masks everybody has to wear a face mask anybody there has to be face masked COVID-19 vaccine you have to have your COVID-19 vaccination card or if you don't have a card you have to have a negative COVID test result within the previous 72 hours isn't that interesting so if you've had a, a negative test result it's just good for a while, and then you got to get another one, another one, another one. Now, my friend just flew uh, to Slovenia, and I think she's coming back in pretty soon. But a couple weeks ago, she flew, and she posted on Facebook uh, she has a story to tell about trying to fly nowadays, dealing with sec- extra security risks, police, uh, having to do a $500 COVID test. That's that's unbelievable. So the interesting thing to me about uh, I I regard, you know, even though I know there's incredible liberal uh, agendas on campuses and liberal professors and liberal, 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 
you know, I've always had respect for people that that stuck in there and got their education, right? Whether, uh, you know, like this week I was in court. And so, I mean, there were attorneys and there were, uh, there was a judge and, you know, there were a lot of, you know, very educated people. Then there were a lot of law enforcement guys and mainly they were guys. I don't remember any ladies there, but I have respect for all of them. And, and the odd thing was everybody in the courtroom, all these people, these workers, these, uh, security people like law enforcement and and uh everybody had a mask on and i i just it caused me to just ponder because you would think that really smart people would have seen through the mask thing a long time ago and just thought you know they may mean well scientists supposedly like fauci but the fact is, this is ridiculous because there's no science behind this. Now, if I have time today, I'm going to go through some science that has been hidden. It's been research was done. Masks are totally a waste of time. And they buried their research and got no um, no media coverage. So what we have now is another leg of, of power in this country, and that is the media controlling what you see and hear and even though it's the truth, they're going to hide it from you. Isn't that interesting? Uh, so UC Davis is going to demand you comply, even though UC Davis is one of the you know prestige universities in the Valley here, very expensive to attend. They, they graduate doctors. They graduate attorneys, scientists. I, I met a great guy who's on a mission field. He was a top uh, vet, veterinarian graduate at the UC Davis. And then he's dedicated his life to working for the poor. And it says UC Davis uh, has announced uh, just what I said. And the wearing of face masks is mandatory. And graduates and their guests must be spaced at least six feet from other graduates and their guests at all times. Just a reminder, the, the whole concept of six feet, three feet, 12 feet, 90 feet, the six feet thing is total myth. You know what a myth is? It's a commonly held belief that is totally untrue, has no bearing in fact. So six feet, ridiculous. Masks, ridiculous. So in the courtroom, uh, Judge uh, Stephen Barrier, uh, who I have a lot of respect for, he's been around here for many, many years, and uh, he's a respected guy as well as a judge. And uh, I don't know him personally. I mean, I know him to say hi, but but I just, you know, I don't hang out. I don't go to lunch with him. I'm not saying that. But I have great respect for him. So he spent a lot of time at the beginning of a, of a, 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 um, a proceeding I was involved in to talk about masks. And I'm going to come back and tell you about that in a second. But we're going to have our first break. This is the end of our first 20-minute uh, segment. So I have some clips here for you. So um, coming right back. So I made a video a couple days ago uh, about that the mask mandate in Utah had expired and that I don't understand why people are still so willing to give up their freedoms after bitching about these masks for so long. And this phenomenon has, has really kind of struck a chord with me because 
we've given up our freedom so easily and yet now you can have your freedom back and people don't want to do that. So I've been doing research and I came across a study that was done in the 60s by the KGB and what they found out with their test subjects as if they bombarded them with messages of fear and enough scare tactics of messages with lies that in a two month or less period, those people became completely brainwashed and that thereafter, no amount of messages clearly stated or otherwise to the contrary of the message they were originally given would change their mind. And that's what's happened. We've been completely brainwashed by fear. Are you pessimistic yes. about America? Yes, I'm pessimistic about the future. Uh, sometimes I tell younger people, I'm glad I'm as old as I am because I'm not gonna see how this is all gonna end. What are you pessimistic about in particular? I'm pessimistic about the decline of values because that's what's inside people. And uh, if, if that's not there, the rest of it is not gonna matter. And which values in particular? Um, honesty is one that, that uh, you don't see a lot of. Um, the whole attitude that you're entitled. I mean, the whole, I mean it's, it's amazing. I mean, what, is, what does an entitlement and a right mean? It, mean? it means that other people are bound to provide you with what you don't provide for yourself? Mm -hmm. I mean, why are other people bound to do something for you that you're not gonna do for yourself? You tell a tale of two blackouts that, ah. illustra that illustrate what's taking place here. The first blackout takes place in Nove November 1965. I can actually remember that. We lived in upstate New York. I lived in upstate New York. And, and there was a moment, I can remember when we were having dinner and the lights in the house went dark. Mm -hmm. and then came back up for a moment. We yeah. all looked at each other and thought, what, was, what, what, what just happened there? Well, of course, <laughs> when we turned on the television, we, know, we found out what happened. Huge power outage yeah. in New York City, whereas upstate, the lights just went down and came back on. In New York City, the, the city went black for yeah. a whole night. Yes. And you write that that night, the crime rate was lower yes. than usual, 1965. Second blackout, very similar event, takes place in July 1977. And you write again, New York City was again dark throughout the night, but now there was widespread looting and arson. Yes. 65 people behave themselves in New York City in the dark. Yes. And in 70, so what, what happens in those 12 years? This was, this was one of the many things that turned, uh, turned to the worst in the 1960s. There's a whole slew of them. Uh, Steven Pinker has a book about uh, international... Uh, murder rates. Mm -hmm. And he said the general trend over the centuries is for the murder rate to go down. And, but, in, but in the 1960s, the rate did a U-turn, as he put it. It, it, went, it turned, went right right up. And this was common across Western societies. And it is because of? The same vision out there. And the vision, so I'm trying to, I guess what, one thing I'm trying to get at here is the extent to which, how does it work itself out? Are the cops, because of this new social vision between 1965, people know that if they, misbe if they try looting or arson, the cops will come right at them? No, no, no. What, 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 so what, how, There's only the, so much the, the cops can do. Uh, the first line of defense is morality uh, and the law as a statement of what the principles are. You delegitimize that, and all you've got are the police. Mm. There aren't that many police. That, you, know, you, you could double the number of policemen, and if you destroy the, the, the morality, uh, you're not getting anywhere. So in 1965, people who'd grown up, let's see, 65, that's going to be dominated by people who'd been through. The adults in 65 
remember the Depression. Yes. They remember the Second World War. Yes. They've had the experience of rebuilding the country yes. in the 1950s, and they take for granted what we would now term traditional morality. Is that yes. correct? Yes. You just don't steal things. Yes. You don't destroy property. Yes. So what... Well, no, another another example. Yep. There was exchange buffet restaurants that I mentioned. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I actually is, remember is, going to those. And so exchange just, buffet. Just explain what, what's going the on. Exchange buffet. You you go in and you pick up. You go through the line and pick up your own food. And then you break your bring your dishes over there. And then you come to the cashier and you tell the cashier what, 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 how, how much you owe. Uh, and there that, was seventy some of the, the seventy some of these restaurants that are. are there were a lot of them in New York. Dozens. Dozens. All right. All right. And, and, and uh, they lasted for 78 years. In the 1960s, they collapsed because people no longer were honest. I want to mention one thing that you say right at the end of the book, that really what we need more than anything else, perhaps, is common decency. Yes. And we've kind of lost that. It isn't common anymore. I mean... Uh, when I was going to school, and we'd have fights on the schoolyard grounds, when one, one guy was clearly beaten, whoever was the toughest kid uh, in the crowd would simply step in and stop it. Yeah. And the other guy would say, you want to fight? You can fight me. You know. Uh, and that's what we need in the public square now. <laughs> yes, yes. But, but with, with, I mean, there's only so much the police can do. Uh, if, you, if you don't have common decency, the, 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 the cops ha are not, not, not going to be able to, to, to handle it. Uh, and especially when everyone is second-guessing it. I love it when people who have never fired a gun in their lives uh, say, why do the cops fire so many guns? Now, at one time, I, I taught pistol shooting in the Marine Corps. It doesn't surprise me in the slightest that they shot, shot, fired so many things under those conditions. But people, people can't be knowledgeable about everything, but they can be knowledgeable about the extent of their own ignorance, uh, even if they have PhDs. I'm nothing to play with it Girl, you better find yourself All right, so I'm back and hope you enjoyed those clips. So I wanted to talk about the, the court case that... Uh, about the mask situation in the courthouse. And so uh, they insisted upon everybody wearing a mask. We came in the courthouse. You got to have a mask if you're going to go into court. And I think almost everybody was just walking around the courthouse in masks. But the, the people that were in the courtroom, the visitors, the, the spectators, what do you want to call them, uh, they were all anti-maskers pretty much. And um, so they weren't wearing masks. And then the bailiff uh, came in and said, hey, uh, you know, uh, when the judge comes in, part of the, the respect for the judge and uh, the respect for the court is following the rules of the court. And so you have to wear a mask and we will provide them to you. They were very courteous and went way overboard. And and so uh, they even moved us to a, a a bigger courtroom because of the number of people that were there. It was a very accommodating day. But it was all masks. And so uh, the Judge bar uh, Barrier, uh, before we got started, uh, gave a lecture, or not a lecture, he just gave a talk, about uh, that uh, Judge um, Givens, who was in charge of the 
the court management, I guess, and the rules of the court had mandated, created an in-house law, I guess, I don't know what to call it, that everyone would have to be masked up uh, in, in the courtroom. And if you've been up there at the Yuba County Court, in, in the typical courtrooms, they had a lot of chairs that were saran-wrapped off. You couldn't sit on them. And they only wanted a handful of people scattered around to accomplish this six-foot thing or 12-foot thing that UC Davis is doing. And because they they were really obeying the COVID gods, right? So I think of when I think of the judges, and and I know them by name because it's a small town here, and I've been in and out of the courts uh, uh, for years, uh, 100% of the time working for helping somebody that, that is in trouble. And so this week, it was my turn to be in, involved in the court system, to be in trouble. So, but I, as I sat there, I was sitting there a part of the proceeding, but I was pondering why we're all wearing the mask because it's, it's totally a, a farce. And I'm talking about, it's just not my opinion. It's science. Remember everybody at the start said it's the science. And Oh, by the way, I wanted to insert something right here. I want to, if anybody wants to send me an email, I would appreciate anybody's telling me anything that they can verify that Tony Fauci has said that that's been true. I can't find that guy has said so many things in the last 16 months. Masks are of no consequence all the way up to wear two masks. And now he's saying that even if you get a vaccination, you have to wear a mask. You should wear a mask. In fact, he's saying even after the vaccination, he's not going to go out to eat publicly. He's not going to go to a, uh, a movie. He's not going to go to any public events. I found that fascinating because he threw out the first pitch and it didn't even have a mask around his face getting ready to go throw out the first pitch. I think at the, maybe the Washington national game here a while back, or maybe it was a year ago. I don't know. Anyway. So this, this, uh, graduation is a really sad event. It sounds like a miserable event. There will be no speakers, which I don't blame them. Uh, I, I don't know how you can speak and give a talk through a mask. So, um, anyhow, it, you know, a lot of these graduates never even got to graduate uh, before. Uh, so it says here, I'm pleased, this is the chancellor's announcement. I'm pleased to announce that spring 2021 graduates, undergrad, that uh, will have the opportunity to participate in a limited scale in-person commencement processional. You know, it, isn't it sad? This, this COVID thing has been a complete fraud. Uh, actually, many scientists are saying now if we would have done nothing, uh, we would have been way, way farther ahead. We would have ch- achieved herd immunity r- quicker. Uh, we would have not sustained any of the, the societal damage of suicide, overdoses, uh, mental breakdowns, uh, you know, I was talking to someone the other day who's a, a specialist in the legal field. Uh, she said they she has tripled her business under COVID, doing restraining orders, divorces, and stuff like that. The the uh, local people here at uh, Dr. Lou and uh, Newsom, the state health people, I'm sure they you will never see the statistics. Uh, Even if you file a Freedom of Information Act request, you will never see the statistics on suicides, overdoses, 
depression and all those uh, behavioral uh, type collateral damage from COVID. The other thing you're not going to find is you're not going to find a teasing out of how many deaths they attributed to COVID that were really deaths uh, by uh, cancer, heart attacks, diabetes, um, you know, just your people's system shutting down, car crashes, industrial accidents, that if a person had, if they tested positive with COVID, when that happened to them, they counted it as a COVID death. The whole system has been convoluted, and uh, and pe- and people have just gone along with it, and never and few few have questioned it. The other thing with a mask, I'm not going to go ahead. I'm not going to read this chancellor's deal. I just find it incredibly sad and uh, disappointing. Um, but you know what it's done? It's it's given me great insight and better understanding of why Germany and the Nazis got away with what they did. People just complied. They just went along with crazy stuff. They wore, they wore, they, the Nazis made them wear a, uh, uh, a patch, a uh, designed patch on their shirt to say that I'm a Jew. They, they told them they were going to um, leave, take them out away from the city for a while, for a, a short period of time, then bring them back. I felt like God spoke to me. I don't really say this very often because I don't feel it very often. But right when this first happened, COVID, um, and they and and Doctor Lou said, "You got to stay in your house." Remember those days? You can't go for a walk. You can't you can't go to the lake. You can't walk around Ellis Lake. You got to stay in your house. You can't really go to the store unless it's just really you know, you know they don't want you there very often, right? You couldn't go to the doctor. You couldn't. Uh, you couldn't go to school. You couldn't go to work. You remember all those days, and um, it was all just a total. You know, it damaged our community. I was talking to the um, AANA people this week uh, because I work with them, and and actually the sheriff had asked me to to get a contact because maybe starting up classes in the Yuba County Sheriff's Department again, and AANA is a big part of that. And uh, so when I was calling to get the contact person for them, uh, I asked them, hey, uh, how many people were affected by this shutdown? You know, because the the county health officer shut down all the support systems for fragile people, right? And uh, so all the AANA meetings, all the recovery meetings, all the churches, um, and nearly every church shut down in obedience to the the call to uh, follow the orders of the government, and uh, so the the NA guy that I talked to said there were literally over a hundred people a day that meet around the community. Not the same hundred, but there's four major meetings in the Yuba Sutter area and over. And I thought it would actually be more than that, but then I thought, well, I'm not really counting the different recovery meetings that are conducted at churches. And I like truth tabernacle has them church of glad tiding has them uh corners not cornerstone. What do they call it? Church over there. Um, anyway, I can't, I can't think of that. I'll, I'll think of it in a minute. It's not corner. I may, I think cornerstone church does have a record recovering meeting recovery meeting. Uh, Oh, there's one over on bridge street. Anyway, it slips my mind. The point is that I would say there's hundreds 
of people every day that were screened out of, uh, they couldn't go to their meetings. They had to sit in their house. And story after story, in fact, I wrote about it and I posted it on Live with Lou where you can read some of my articles. Uh, and they eventually end up on the website at nohostagesradio.com. But I, I wrote about another teenage boy. He was a star athlete at his college. He was a great kid. He raised in a solid family, has both parents in the family. They were they were a very well, you know, well off family. In other words, they had money. They didn't they had enough money to live on. I'm not saying they were rich. But the kid was thriving in school and doing well. And when COVID happened and then then he lost his senior year of football, I think it was, or you know, all that stuff. And uh, so he ended up jumping out of a hotel window went to a hotel, jumped out a window and killed himself. You know, they're just story after story after story. I told, I told you, I think previous week, I got a call from some people in Nevada County, Grass Valley area, where a youngster, 16 and 17 year old boy shot himself with a shotgun. They're just, it's just all over the place. Uh, I was, I, uh, to prepare for this talk or this court case I had this week, I, I, ref, I, uh, look, look through the, uh, uh, statistics of trauma intervention program i run this thing called trauma intervention we go out on these 911 calls with law enforcement uh the police the sheriff of two counties and uh well we do we just go out with everybody we go out with all the fire departments by county ambulance we go to the hospital so since january of 2020 and again we don't go out on every call and so uh and i know and i know suicide calls that we didn't go on because i knew the people that died and uh, so since January 2020, we've done uh, 22 suicides. I think we did one day yesterday, day before yesterday. Maybe it was the last one we did. Um, and, and one day, it was extraordinary. Two guys, I think in one day, hung themselves. And so we've done uh, 22 suicides. And, um, but the, re- the people that really know how many suicides were uh, people that died by suicide in fact, if they tested him and a suicide person, if they had COVID on board, they would have called that a COVID death. That's why we've totally lost any bearing on what the facts are or the reality is in our community. But when Tip goes out on a call, I don't know whether they had COVID on board. I just know they hung themselves or they shot themselves or they slit their wrist and climbed in the bathtub. Uh, you know, there's many ways to kill yourself. So we did 22 suicides. Then the the most interesting thing to me um, was that we had 22 overdose deaths, overdose deaths. And, and, you know, we have a number of suicides every year, but the number of overdose deaths was extraordinarily high compared to our, you know, we've been doing this for 27 years. So even though tip doesn't go out on all the calls, there's trends. You can see trends. And we have an extraordinary amount of op- uh, overdose deaths. Uh, I think most were op- opiate deaths, but there could have been a methamphetamine death in there as well. But most of them were uh, clearly opiate deaths. And then we had about 14 uh, calls for depression. Now, those are, those are calls that, that were – that's the collateral damage from – uh, COVID, the way the cold, the, the, the cold didn't, you know, people get sick. I was talking to somebody the other day, I think it was the sheriff, and I, I said, do you remember the days when we, people in your office would just get, they'd call in sick, and you would just say, oh, I'm sorry about that. Can I do anything for you? Can I bring you soup? Whatever, whatever. And now it's a crisis. If somebody gets sick, 
they have to be examined. They have to be quarantined. They have to be, you know, it, it totally screws up your entire organization. In fact, we were discussing the other day that the fact that uh, Dr. Lou, uh, the, the, the management of the county, here's what, like, for instance, I, I was talking to the Dragon Inn people who lived under f- communism, and I think they lived in the, uh, the Guangdong province, the province so you would see the old town, the, the, the British called it Canton, but uh, we, it's about two hours north of Shenzhen, uh, Shenzhen just across the border from Hong Kong and so in Canton or what they call Guangzhou these people lived but they they got out of China and now they live under Dr. Liu and uh, so they would call Dr. Liu because I would tell them hey 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 open up you're gonna you're you're not gonna make it and because other restaurants were opening and uh, even though the mandate said uh, you couldn't open a restaurant you can't eat inside you could eat outside inside a building that you made out of plastic but you can't eat inside. And um, so I was telling them, hey, call the health department. They say, Lou, we called, and they say we can't open, even though people all over town were opening up restaurants. And uh, we can't open up for in inside dining. So the other day when they the tier, the tier color changed, and I haven't paid attention to what the tier colors mean because I didn't follow the tiers from the very beginning. I thought it was baloney, which it was, which it is. And uh, so the uh, when the tier color changed, and I heard that restaurants could open. I was in getting a takeout from Dragon Inn across the street from me. And uh, the lady said, uh, it's okay for us to eat inside now, Lou. You see, there's people sitting here. And I said, oh, how'd that come about? She said, well, I called over there. And they said, oh, yeah, you can open now. Now, I just want to point something out to you that reflects the 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 lack of concern, care, compassion, empathy on behalf of Yuba County. And I think it's the same in Sutter County because it's the same management of the health of the community, the doctor. You would think that they would know all the businesses that they shut down and have a list of them, right? And just like they have, they can rotocall the community in an emergency. They can rotocall everybody, robocall, uh, and they could send a, a recording to you, like prepare to evacuate, etc. Right? They have us all on that. They have all the phone numbers in a bank, and so you would think that they would know who the non-essential businesses are. They got shut down. And that they would be very anxious to remind them that there's been a change and now you can open, right? Because they were very quick and efficient about shutting everybody down. So I found it interesting that instead of the health department calling the Dragon Inn and say, oh, hey, 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 it's time. You can open. Go ahead and open. And, you know, I hope you do good. Best wishes to you. They got nothing. All they did, once the county figured out, oh, yeah, all, everybody, all the, all the auction free, everybody can be open. They, did, they didn't have any systematic way to let everybody go, let everybody know. They expected the business people to be all-knowing and to know what's going on. Even though the business people would call the health department repeatedly 
to find out, can we open, can we open, can we open? And they told him, no, 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 no. But when they finally opened and changed things, they people just had to find out by happenstance. That is just typical of the mismanagement of this entire affair. Crazy rules. So back to my courthouse, as I, as I mused in my court hearing, I was looking at all these people, including the judge and his clerk and uh, the bailiff and all these sheriff's deputies sitting with, with these masks that are actually curbing their oxygen level. And I just said, these people are really smart people. And so uh, Judge Barrier went to great lengths to explain how he had to follow the law, the law, he called it, uh, which the, the, the mask thing was never a law unless in, in the community. It's not a law to wear a mask. It just isn't. But he referred to it as, he said, I need to, as he was just determining the mask rules in the courthouse, said, I have to follow the law just like everybody else, even though I'm a judge. I thought, okay, I like that. But what concerned me is that uh, Judge Givens is a bright woman. And, and I thought, I guess it doesn't matter how bright you are. There's a point where you just comply and you just comply, even though where it doesn't make any sense. You just comply to nonsense because the mass actually causes people to be sick. And I don't have time. I don't know whether I'll have time to read this thing, but there is, I, I mean, I, like I told, I was speaking, I made some comments at the uh, Saturday night church the other night. And I said, I feel like I got a, a PhD in COVID because I've seen so many video clips of top scientists throughout the country that just refute the whole thing. All, all these mandates have been a total failure, shutting down schools, shutting down businesses, keeping people in their home, causing them to wear masks, causing them to stand on an X. All that stuff is just total foolishness and has no impact on curbing the virus. In fact, scientists said it would, it would have been far better to not done anything and just treat people for their illnesses like doctors have done for my whole life. If you felt bad, you need to go to the doctor, you went and got the doctor. And if, as long as you treat it preemptively, you don't end up with anybody in the hospital if you take care of yourself, right? It's people that are either severely damaged already, lung problems, they got lung cancer, they got heart problems, they got emphysema, they got all... The kidney problems, those people are always going to end up in, in the serious wards, right? And all the rest of the people, if you take care of yourself, you're pretty good. Well, I'm going to take another break here, and uh, we're going to come back in uh, just a few minutes. What's up, guys? So this is for everybody, whether you voted Trump, Biden, you guys need to take a look at the bigger picture, okay? The hypocrisy of the left is insane, okay? CNN took down the COVID death tracker. World Health Organization now conveniently is gonna change the test cycle on the PCR test, so it's not gonna be as broad, it's gonna be more defined, so it's gonna get more accurate COVID testing. 
DC mayors opening up uh, indoor dining, New York's doing it. You know, Trump said all this stuff would happen, and unfortunately, he was right. But it should just show that, you know, who really cares about you guys? The pipeline getting cut out, border wall stopping. We're worried about COVID, but we're going to let 11 million illegals in. We're going to stop deporting criminals and people that could hurt us. Where he's reversing everything, allowing abortion now, executive order to allow transgenders, women, I guess, in women's sports. Makes no sense, guys. Why would the people of California, both Republicans and Democrats, want to get rid of their governor? Could it be that Gavin Newsom unconstitutionally targeted churches during the COVID-19 lockdowns, violating the right of the people to free exercise of religion so egregiously that a court smacked down Newsom's dictate? ruling that Newsom failed to treat houses of worship in a manner, and I quote, equal to the favored class of entities permitted to engage in indoor activities, also known as essential businesses or critical infrastructure, including big box retail stores, grocery stores, home improvement stores, hotels, airports, train stations, bus stations, movie production houses, warehouses, factories, schools, and a lengthy list of additional businesses, end quote. Maybe, just maybe, that is why the citizens of California want to recall Governor Newsom and why Newsom's team is scared. Or maybe it's because Newsom unscientifically shut down outdoor dining at bars and restaurants, while Newsom's health advisor admitted that outdoor dining is not a significant vector of transmission of the virus, they're just trying to keep people at home. Or maybe the people of California are fed up with Governor Newsom because he unilaterally and arbitrarily declared certain people to be essential workers while shutting down other people who are running their businesses and trying to make a living. As if it's a non-essential activity to provide for your family, no matter what industry you work in. Or maybe Newsom's team is scared of the recall efforts because Governor Newsom has issued stay-at-home orders for people who aren't sick, for people who haven't even been exposed to COVID-19 which does not qualify as a legally appropriate government-mandated quarantine. Maybe Republicans and Democrats in the state of California don't want Newsom to impose the arguably unconstitutional curfews across the state. Radical leftist politicians like California Governor Gavin Newsom and their power-drunk authoritarianism make life in California impossible. The restaurant industry is devastated. Small businesses are closing their doors, unable to ever reopen again suicides are skyrocketing. And while Newsom forgets he's an employee of the people and not their ruler, the people have not forgotten. The action movie legend turned Golden State executive says there are a lot of similarities between the recall effort against Newsom today and the recall election in 2003 that Arnold won. He told Politico, quote, I'm not going to do the accent. There was dissatisfaction to the highest level, and it's the same with the momentum something that sets it off to a higher level, kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back like an explosion. That is the quote. So is it time for Newsom to get to the chopper? And who would replace him to lead California out of its sorry state of affairs? Joining me tonight is someone who's maybe toyed with the idea of replacing Newsom, potentially former acting director of national intelligence, Rick Grinnell. Mr. Ambassador, great to see you. 
Nice to see you. I'm so disappointed you didn't do the accent. I, 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 did I know the you, and I know you can do that accent. The ch I did the chopper line, and that's it. Uh, what's your reaction to what you heard there from Arnold Schwarzenegger? He's seeing some parallels between the last time this happened in your state and now. I, w I was really glad to see um, Governor Schwarzenegger speak up and speak out because he does know what it takes. And we in California have been watching Newsom and the chaos that he has, in, has overseen for a while. You know, Guy, this has been going on since last summer. We've been collecting signatures. When the national media wasn't really paying attention, we were paying attention here in California to uh, the swirl, the downward spiral of homelessness and taxes and people moving out and rolling blackouts and then the COVID response from this governor. Out of 50 governors, he's been the worst. He's locked us down. You compare what's happened in Florida to what's happening in California and our uh, COVID rates are largely the same, except our governors have largely completely opposite leadership. Uh, uh, reactions. And so I think Californians, whether they're left, right, or center, are really tired of, of this leadership, political leadership, and one-party control in Sacramento. Now, on that exact thread, one-party control, and that is a one-party state for sure in California, I want to read a quote from a recent Politico article, and this was from Christine Pelosi, who's the daughter of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and I don't know if we have it up on the screen, but she told Politico in September, so this coming September, Newsom could be doing great and will proceed. But if he's really underwater, it may be that no Democrat could win. Then he should step down as governor and the lieutenant governor should become governor. She says, then they could cancel the election. And in that case, the Democratic Party would retain the governorship. So obviously just pure politics here saying, we're going to stick with him unless we can't. And if it looks like he might lose a recall, let's yank him out of there to make sure that we maintain full control over this state. First of all, you should have read that quote in your best elitist accent. That would have been uh, <laughs> it's not really my, appropriate. It's not my normal but... voice. <laughs> Look, uh, I think what, what Christine Pelosi has said is really offensive to Californians. And let's make no mistake, she and her mom control the Democratic Party in California. They may not officially lead it, but they control it. And when Christine Pelosi says that we're not going to have a recall because this one-party control of California is going to figure out a way to do it, uh, I believe her, actually. I, I think that there are, uh, are a whole bunch of rumors. I'll tell you the latest rumor, Guy, is that when the Newsom people heard Christine Pelosi say that, they started the rumor that um, Dianne Feinstein will retire and Gavin Newsom will appoint himself to be the senator. Oh boy. The lieutenant governor will step up and the whole thing just goes away. So, look, I'm focused on the crisis that we have in California. We have to be really smart. After a year of Zoom school, after a year of having everything shut down, if the Republican or the, the frustrated Californian response is simply to throw all of our eggs into a recall basket, I think we're going to disappoint a lot of people. We need to do multiple things. I've started this 501c4 called Fix California. 
It does a variety of things of suing every county to clean up the voter rolls. Also, it puts on the ballot in 2022 right, so that's, an educational funding issue that's going to upend our funding that's in California. Longer-term stuff. If there is a recall election, speaking of rumors, Rick, want to make any news tonight? You going to jump in? Look, I'm not convinced that we're actually going to have the recall, so let's wait until okay. all of this is, is certified. Fair enough. Rick Rennell, appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by tonight. Used to spend my nights out in the barroom Liquor was the only love I'd known But you rescued me from reaching for the bottom All right. Let me get all my little buttons pressed here. I got I'm not doing everything right tonight, but I'm feeling good. All right. So I wanted to talk a, a, a subject that that covers a couple issues. One is syphilis, and the other is the the uh, the horrible reputation of our medical community uh, at the political level. I'm not talking about the local doctors that you and I uh, know and love and appreciate, not the local practitioners. I'm talking about the political medical community. So I was uh, talking to a doctor recently and we were talking about everything that's going on in our community here of Yuba-Sutter counties. And he said, Lou, they're not taking care of, at the health department, they're not taking care of uh, what they're supposed to be doing. And the health department is to, supposed to solve certainly communicable diseases like tuberculosis, HIV, um, sexually transmitted infections, STIs. We used to call them STDs diseases now they want them want us to say infections so uh and and when i was teaching in the jail every quarter the yuba county would send a health nurse with me and we would speak to the a group of ladies in in a class and then we'd speak to a group of men and i had never heard a sti uh presentation by a health expert like a nurse and the first time I listened, I was a little uneasy because it was, you know, here we were talking to ladies and I was in, in, the, in with the ladies and it was a little uncomfortable, but I, I, I worked through it and now I'm not comfortable, un uncomfortable anymore about it. But we talked to the guys and it was, and I thought the guys are going to be all weird and uncomfortable, but it's the only presentation in all my years in the Yuba County jail that actually the men applauded at the end of the talk. And I, it, it, I was just totally taken back. I, and I, I will never forget it. It was such an unusual moment. But they were so shocked and so alarmed at what they were told about syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia, HIV, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they all wanted to get tested, right? Some people couldn't even figure out the truth about protecting yourself with condoms 
So uh, anyway, the doctor was talking to me here recently and just said, you know, he referred uh, a, a, he, he had a, a patient or two that came in for treatment for syphilis in the Yuba area. And um, so part of that treatment regimen is to usually give them penicillin, but also it's important to track down. You know, we've heard of this whole thing about tracing and tracking with COVID, which is nonsense. But where that came from, where I where I first heard about it is where they you have a sexually transmitted infection, and so they they want they have you and you in the office because you came in with symptoms and you say I don't know what's wrong with me, but but but, and they say oh okay, it looks like you have this, and we're going to give you this medication, test you, and then we'll get a hold of you to make sure we test we treated you right for the right thing. But then they ask you, have you can we contact your? We'd like to know the name of your partner. And contact them, or if you've had multiple partners, contact them, and it, you'll all be anonymous. And all we want to say is we have a patient that that uh, tested positive for syphilis. Therefore, uh, he said he or she said he had relations with you, and uh, you'll be kept confidential. We just like to test you to make sure you don't have syphilis, right? And so they they stopped the spread. Well, the nurse said a number of years ago that. Uh, that's the the number of cases of syphilis in the entire United States was down to a few thousand. And then all of a sudden it took off again. And so the doctor said, when he called the health department, they said, we don't have time to do follow up on syphilis because we're dealing with COVID, which doesn't kill people. Now uh, I'll get into some the, the the problem with syphilis is it can kill you. And it can uh, cause you to be mentally ill. And it can, uh, if a woman has it, it can infect her baby. And the baby could be born dead. The baby could be born blind. The baby could be born deaf. The baby could be born severely deformed. And so it's that's why pre prenatal care is so important. Because if the baby has it, they can maybe treat it right then. So uh, anyhow, uh, so so that's the of all the things we're dealing with, syphilis is very dangerous. But this health department wasn't interested right now because of all the focus on COVID. So I wanted to go back also because now we have we we've now found out through the there's been a lot of blessings in this COVID thing. We have learned that you cannot trust the, the Centers for Disease Control. I used to think these people were good as gold or the World Health Organization. They are liars and they are corrupt. And I just didn't know. I And I, I learned because they've constantly uh, lied to the American people about COVID. And so I, I realized something that I... I knew before, but it it just didn't connect with this present crisis, and that and that was something that was done to black people uh, back in the early twenties. And it's interesting because black people began to be targeted once slavery ended. The Democrats still wanted to control black people, and uh, there was efforts to ship them back to Africa, and so they bought. They they took over a portion of Africa, purchased property, and called it Liberia, and they offered 
shipment of black people back to Africa, but their generations have gone by, and people say, hey, you know, we may have been slaves and may have been horrible here, but but we're Americans now, right? We want to stay here. We don't want to go back. Hardly anybody wanted to go back. And uh, But there was a the concern that they wanted to control black people. In fact, blacks uh, during the early 1900s were forming um, construction companies, and they were coming up from the South and, com- and outbidding uh, construction firms. And, um, and they may not have been as skilled or fast, but they, you know, their price got them the job and they did the job and they completed the job. And so liberals uh, put the stop to it. And they created what they call the David Bacon Davis Bacon Act, D-I-V- Davis, not David, Davis Bacon, just like the bacon you eat. It was named after a couple of politicians that passed this act, and it forced blacks to pay higher wages. It took it, it told them what they had to pay on these jobs. They, we call it now the prevailing wage, and it ran them out of the construction business. The racism ran blacks out of the construction business because they could no longer compete and so but other things went on as well in the early 1900s one of those things was Planned Parenthood started by a a lady named Margaret Sanger and her her concern she was a eugenist which means they believe that there's a chosen race a more superior race which would be white and uh, they uh, and and there was people in key positions including Woodrow Wilson who's the president of the United States that believed that, that this. And so they were looking for ways to eliminate minorities. And uh, certainly the birth control pill was a blessing to the eugenists. They thought it was a huge, wonderful breakthrough. But in the meantime, they wanted to abort children. And so they set up these clinics in the 1920s, and they set them up in minority Uh, neighborhoods and they got black pastors and convinced black pastors to convince their people to abort their own children. Now I'm leading up to syphilis. Isn't it interesting in every area now, right now the centers for disease control and Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates, all these people are pushing, not a vaccine. It's an inoculation. It's a shot that doesn't even stop COVID because after you get the shot, the shots in some cases, you can still get COVID. There's all kinds of people still getting ill. It's just a cold or the flu, but they still get ill, even though they've had the, I'm not even going to call it a vaccine because it's not a vaccine. Vaccine is where like I, I have a polio vaccine, small packs, smallpox vaccine i have a few vaccines and that means i don't get i don't get the bug i don't get it but this uh this is the only quote-unquote vaccine where it doesn't stop you from getting it or giving it to somebody else so what is this they're giving us so if you think are these people devious or what and it isn't or what they are devious and this the masks, <laughs> how many people have to say the masks are ridiculous that are really bright people, scientists? 
before they quit doing it at the courthouse and quit doing it at schools and forcing you to do it. It's child abuse to force a young child to put on a mask. It just flat is child abuse. It's harmful to the person's health. So the, the medical community, the Centers for Disease Control, public health has been involved in all kinds of nefarious genocidal work in our community, in our country. And, and I will never, after COVID, I will never trust the Centers for Disease Control again. I, I just, it's done. Or World Health Organization. They lied about the Wuhan, the Wuhan flu, etc. So in, in a 19, between 1932 and 1972, there was a black college called the Tuskegee Institute. And at that time, there was, uh, we didn't have penicillin until the mid-1940s. Penicillin, it's amazing. You'd think some of these drugs would not work on these, some of these illnesses anymore. But for some reason, the nurse says for Yuba County Health, syphilis is still killed by penicillin. But penicillin didn't come along till the 1940s. So the so in the... The, between in starting in the late twenties, but really 1932, there had been some experiments in Europe regarding syphilis, and they were studying syphilis where where it went untreated, where men would have it, and they would study men and their health care and their health needs and their wellness over their lifetime, because people just they just lived with stuff. You just had symptoms, you had symptoms, you passed syphilis from one person to another person to another person to another person throughout your life, and you never got treated. It never got stopped. That's why people died younger. So they started a thing called the Tuskegee Syphilis Experiment. It was put on by U.S. Public Health Service in Macon County, Alabama. The main purpose of this experiment was to observe the natural progression of untreated syphilis in rural African-American men. Now, my friend, my doctor friend has been treating some people with, for syphilis, but the health department has not followed up and done their job. So this happens. You think, how come we get so screwed up? Because people don't do their job or they come up with different priorities or they, they have a political agenda, right? Or they just don't care or they want to kill people. And in this case, uh, the liberals began they needed some guinea human guinea pigs and they chose black people isn't this i just find it amazing this was done under the guise of free health care by the united states government centers of disease control they were offering free health care now isn't it interesting that the first people they pushed blacks under this covid this new new shot for covid they they put blacks ahead of a lot of other people i i've always heard that black people were very suspect of medic medicine modern medicine and and receiving treatments and i always wondered why you know when some people are when i meet some people in jail they're addicts and they struggle with depression and they have problems 
It isn't that they all always had those problems, had anger issues. Something happened. They got raped. They got molested. Uh, something happened. So in this, I want to talk about the study, the Tuskegee Syphilis Study. Some of the titles of this study, which have been changed over the years because they're not politically correct, but I'm going to give you the actual names. One, the first study, it was called the first label. It was the Tuskegee Study of Untreated Syphilis in Negro, the Negro Male. The uh, informal study name was Tuskegee Syphilis Experiment. Another one was the Tuskegee Syphilis Study. The other one was Tuskegee Study of Untreated Syphilis in the African-American Male. Uh, or the Tuskegee experiment, right? History refers to it as an ethically abusive study conducted between 1932 and 72 by the United States Public Health Service and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The purpose of the study was to observe the natural history of untreated syphilis. So they they told these guys they were going to treat them for syphilis, and they gave them a placebo. You hear what I said? These people were going to die of this disease and the government lied to them and gave them free care, but they gave them a placebo. Now out there in London, Oliver's, if you don't know what a placebo is, it's like a fake medicine. It's like a sugar pill. It's fraud. So when they tell you they're giving you a shot and then they say, oh, you still got to wear a mask. Oh, you still can't go to a movie theater. Oh, you still can't go to a public gathering without a mask because you can still get COVID after we give you the shot. They're not even pretending, people. This is not a conspiracy theory. I keep telling you, people, it's not a conspiracy theory when it's no longer a theory. It's just a conspiracy. When when they're telling you on YouTube or on the media they're telling you they're going to do this or this is what you're going to have to do. And they do it. That's a, that's, that's real life folks. That's not a right wing conspiracy theory. So in 1932 in collaboration with Tuskegee university or Institute, a historically, this is so amazing. They did the blacks cooperated with this historically black college in Alabama. They took 600 severely impoverished African-American men, sharecroppers from Macon County. Of these men, 399 had syphilis. And they had a control group of 201 men who were not infected. These are people, these are our top scientists using us as guinea pigs, us being black people. Now they're using all flavors of people with this COVID thing experimenting. You are the Guinea pig. Go check it out for yourself. Did they experiment on animals? Usually they spend years experimenting on animals. Now they're people, they got people with getting blame, blood clots. Now they're breaking out with shingles. You're an experiment just like the Tuskegee men were. Uh, the, th- the men, it says, as an incentive, this is so sick, as an incentive for participation. What's the incentive for wearing a mask and getting the vaccine and or getting the test? You can go watch your boy or girl graduate from UC Davis. 
You can go into the courthouse, right? You can go do this. Certain things are off limits. They're going to be off limits. The mask is not going away. You get it? It's an attire. It's, it's, a, it's a symbol of compliance. It has nothing to do with medical, though they keep saying that. I have studies here that tell all the, the ailments that masks cause. For goodness sakes, the mask itself makes people sick. Dr. Lou can say, I don't know what I'm talking about. I am not. None of this is coming from me. People smarter than me and her are saying this, but the power of of persuasion and fear in people, when you scare the hell out of people daily, which she is a master at, threatening people, shaming people, haranguing people, harassing people on these videos, just scares the hell out of people. They took these poor African-American sharecroppers, and you know what they did? They baited them as an incentive for participation in study. The men were promised free medical care, but were deceived by the public health service, who never informed the subjects of their diagnosis that they actually were sick with syphilis, or that they disguised these placebos, or they gave them ineffective methods. They gave them hocus-pocus stuff like masks and a shot that will not stop COVID. We're coming right back. We're in, in our third section. I can't even believe we're going so fast here. Losing my mind. I'll be back in just a second. Republican has sought to use the government to hold these Democrats responsible for Antifa and Black Lives Matter violence that has consumed our cities all summer, resulting in over a billion dollars of destruction, looting, and property damage. Not one Republican said, oh, let's impeach the Democrats who are inciting this, because it would be ridiculous. Many on the Democrat side of the aisle cheered them on. Kamala Harris, famously offered to pay the bill for those who were arrested. I wonder if she'll be brought up on charges of inciting violence for that now that she's vice president. Should Kamala Harris be impeached for offering to pay for violent people to get out of jail who've been burning our cities down? No. And no Republican has offered that because we're not going down the road that Democrats have decided, this low road of impeaching people for political speech. You're in a dimension where history, language, and the very nature of reality is controlled by the whims of college professors and New York Times interns. You've just crossed over into the woke zone. This is a transactivist. He may not look scary, but you better always smile around him, think happy thoughts, and never contradict anything he says, or he will cancel you, and you will never return. This is the woke zone. I have new ideas to share with you. Ooh, very good. If someone in a men's prison identifies as a woman, she should now go to the women's prison. But 
Couldn't that cause problems with... Are you thinking transphobic thoughts? No, of course not. I'm your mother. I mean, your womb-possessing human who gave birth to you. You're right about the prisons. Oh, yes. Yeah, right. oh, yeah. That's absolutely right. And trans women should be able to compete in women's sports, just like any other women. But but what about biological differences? What? Aren't trans women women? Completely true. I have a new idea. I've now decided that all kids need to be on puberty blockers until they're old enough to decide on their gender for themselves. All right, I, I can't take it anymore. This is madness. This is complete insanity. That's transphobic. Phobic? The only one scared of these people. He only has power while you give in. What you're doing isn't tolerance or compassion. It's just cowardice. Speak up. No one likes you. You're a bad man. And that's why you're canceled. One of the most offensive things of all. necessarily gender. Please, send him to the cornfield, son. It was a good thing you canceled that man. A very good thing. I have a new thought. The government needs to pay for fertility treatments for trans women since they can't have babies for some reason. Great idea. You may think there's a reality outside of people's feelings, but you better keep those thoughts to yourself in case you've wandered into the woke zone. Well, most students have spent more than a year without in-person learning in the state of California. And in cities like Oakland and San Francisco, while teenagers cannot go to math class, they can go to an amusement park. It's a point made by our next guest, doctor, a doctor who has been sounding the alarm for months. We've had her on our show before, Dr. Jean Noble. She's a professor of emergency medicine and the director of COVID response at UC San Francisco. Good morning to you, doctor. Thanks for being on with us. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We wanted to have you on because you tweeted out a picture and it says there are no hidden complexities that could possibly explain this misalignment of social priorities. Hashtag open schools at Gavin Newsom. And then you put, you can see on the screen, guys, if you want to watch your, your TV right now, you can see what you can do and what you can't do. And it says what you can do, eat in restaurants, watch movies and theaters, go bowling inside, shop in stores, work in offices, go to amusement parks, attend houses of worship, work out at gyms, indoor pools, uh, attend outdoor live events. What they can't do in, the, in that state, go to math class, English class, science class, history class, language class, attend PE class outside, attend music, dance class in person, have spirit week for social emotional health. Why was it important to you, Dr. Noble, to, to get this message out and put this on Twitter? Yeah, I think we just really need to highlight what a preposterous situation we are now in California. You know, we were among the first states to close our schools because of COVID risk. And at that point in time, a year ago, March, that made sense. We thought that schools would be super spreaders. We have known for months that schools are safe places. And we have opened our economy as COVID rates have declined precipitously in California, which is great. But we have never had a mandate to reopen our schools. So as our economy is opened, as amusement parks and movies and restaurants are all open now, our schools remain closed. There's no requirement in California that the schools reopen. And the governor has said back in October his kids go to private schools. So they're back in class. He's caught at French laundry. Why do you think that he wants to open certain things but close our schools? Why are amusement parks more important than our schools? Well, I think he would like schools to open. It's just that he's not willing to expend the political capital to mandate that they open. He has given cash incentives to get schools to open. He put teachers in the front of the line for vaccinations. 
but that wasn't good enough. Uh, there are new demands by the teachers' unions, longstanding labor grievances for you know, subsidized childcare and housing subsidies and shorter work days, which are potentially all valid labor complaints, but they shouldn't be made on the backs of our children. And what we need to do, since since the unions have basically refused to open K through 12 schools, is to mandate that they reopen. We only have eight weeks left in this school year. Does it all go back to money? They're going to make money from taxes on these amusement parks and movie theaters and things that are open. They're not going to make money on the schools. Um, so why do they want to appease these unions? Is it also going back to money because these unions, the teachers unions, give these Democrats money for their campaigns, millions for their campaigns? Right. Well, I think our economy is opening based on our COVID rates. We have a complex tier system that allows certain sectors of our economy to open based on daily case rates. And we've seen our COVID rates really decline. And so we've opened our economy. But schools have been excluded from that. While restaurants and bars have been allowed to open, schools are allowed to open, but they are not required to open, even though Article 9 of California state constitution mandates the right to unfettered access to education for kids. It hasn't, it hasn't been done, even though we know it's safe and our COVID rates tell us that we can do it. And it is, I mean, there is certainly money in the politics. Uh, the, the CTA, the California Teachers Association, has more than 300,000 members. They are make political contributions to, to Gavin Newsom. They, he does not want to lose their support. And kids are not voters, and kids do not make political contributions. So there's not the same political pressure to open our schools uh, as there has been to open our businesses. Hey there, Mr. Tin Man. You don't know how lucky you are. I've been on the road the year. Didn't get me very far You ain't missing nothing The men were initially told the study was only going to last six months, but it was extended to 40 years. They killed people off. These people, they gave them, they got d diseased people, didn't tell them, told them they were treating it, and the people got sicker and sicker and sicker. After funding for treatment, after funding for the treatment was lost, the study was continued without informing the men they would never be treated. None of the infected men were treated with penicillin, despite the fact that in 1947, the antibiotic was widely available and become the standard treatment for syphilis, and it's still being the Stanford standard treatment today for syphilis. And we, don't eat, we got a health department that's not even excited about it. Not even doing tracking. They'd rather chase some mom down and quarantine her in her house because she has a positive PCR test and is not does not have any symptoms. And they're going to threaten her by the sheriff's department that she cannot cross her property line. The men were initially told the study was, oh, I, I got that. The study continued. Under numerous public health supervisors until 1972, when a leak to the press resulted in a termination, a, a termination of the program on November 16th of that year, 1972. The study caused the deaths 
of 128 of its participants. That doesn't mean they just died. They, they died from syphilis. The 40-year study was a major violation of ethical standards and has been cited as arguably the most infamous biomedical research study in U.S. history. Its revelation led to the 1979 Belmont Report and to the establishment of the Office of Human Research Protections and the federal laws and regulations requiring institutional review boards for the protection of human subjects in, in studies involving involving uh, humans. I don't want to get stuck in too much of the weeds here. Uh, Bill Clinton in 1997, he was president, and he formally apologized on behalf of the United States government to victims of the study, calling it shameful and racist. What was done cannot be undone, he said. I'm quoting him, but we can end the silence. We can stop turning our heads away. We can look at you in the eye and finally say on behalf of the American people what the United States government did was shameful, and I am sorry. Now, the question is, when is that going to happen on COVID? Because we are deceiving people. Now it's we're into this 16 months. You know, when this first got declared and all those things I talked about early, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't go here, you can't go that, you got to wash, 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 you got to keep spraying antiseptic everywhere, you got to keep washing your hands with all kinds of stuff, right? You, you, remember, you remember when they said we're going to lock down for just two weeks? Two weeks? You remember two weeks? And I believed it. And so we were scheduled for a tip meeting and we were getting ready to do the tip meeting. And I got a call and said, Hey, you can't meet at the Yuba, the Yuba city training center anymore. I said, really? Did we do something wrong? No, no, no. You didn't do anything wrong, Lou. It's COVID. And we're afraid you're going to get the, the treatment plant operator sick where you, where you train in their training room. I said, Oh, okay. So I went out and I tried to find another place and I had to go to the church of glad tidings and ask them if we could use their, to have our monthly training meeting, even though the trauma intervention people serve all the emergency responders of the cities and the counties, they wouldn't let us have a training spot in their deal. Cause we're going to get them sick, even though we're going out and going in the same place as they are. So we met at the church of glad tidings. I said, Hey guys, can I borrow a room for one month? I, I said, because they told, the, the government told us two weeks, and then this, we're going to get past this. We're not past it yet, folks. It's 16 months. Are you with me? When, how long are you going to be willing to comply? Five years? Are we going to do masks in the courthouse or shields and all that kind of stuff and not being able to sit next to each other? for another five years, two years. I mean, when these are the brightest people in our community, we'd see, we'd say the, the legal community is a very bright part of our community, right? They got, they went to college and then they went to law school and they study, study, study. They fight these cases and do all this research, right? And the judges got to be extra smart, right? I think they're smart. I do. But what happened? There's like a blind spot. Bill Clinton apologized. Now we're just back to the same old, same old. Now we got autism. 
huge autism and the fact that there's mercury in these all these vaccines they're giving these kids now we go from like give them three or four vaccines to like 50 vaccines and now there's all these ex- people that v- funky vaccines anyway i gotta stay on my topic here okay all right i'm gonna skip forward here on some of this stuff and and i gotta read this stuff to you because it's, it's honestly i need to shock you i'm just going to tell you the truth and it's going to shock you investigators enrolled in a study of a total of 600 impoverished african american men i mentioned that so uh who uh they they were literally intentionally deceived by the public health service who never informed the subject of their diagnosis despite despite the risk of infecting others and the, they were out having sex with their wife, infecting her. She affected the baby. The baby died. The baby came out blind, deaf. They thought, oh, this is, oh, yeah, mark that down. The baby came out deaf. No, no, no sympathy. It's the same thing right now. There's no sympathy. My friend Cody Preston got run over by a train. He went out and laid down in front of a train. He was so depressed by what's going on. No sympathy for Cody. No reparations. No pay, no pay off to his family. My friend up in Nevada County shot himself with a shotgun. There's no sympathy, no sympathy cards, no health officer visits there and say, do you, do you need some grief help? <laughs> they call me to come and help these people. I'm not even in part of the county. I don't work for the county. Why don't they get over there and do it themselves? If they're so, if they think they they got it going, they think they're doing such a great thing. Go, you go deal with the suicide. The guy hanging from the rafters, the guy hanging from the tree, the guy that blew his brains out. There's crap plastered all over the walls. You go clean it up. You did it. You created it. You created the environment that pushed people over the edge. People shooting themselves with heroin, frozen in a curved up spot with a needle in their neck. You go clean them up. You expect the sheriff's department to clean it up all the time. They didn't do it. They're just picking up your mess. You created. At the study's commencement, major medical textbooks had recommended that all syphilis be treated. But back then they didn't even treat syphilis. People went nuts. They went mentally ill. It affected their brain. They set people up. They let people suffer. They let people spread it among the black people. Why didn't they try other people? All they said, they wanted to study the difference, whether syphilis would affect the cardiopulmonary system versus the nervous system. That's what they said in black men. Total crock of crap, people. They just made up stuff and jerk people around and let people suffer. Children suffer. Babies suffer. Women suffer who weren't even a part of the project. Let them get infected with syphilis. Do you, don't you believe? You think, oh, Lou, you're just exaggerating. You need to study history. Get off your butt and go study it. Do it yourself. Figure it out. Don't, sit, don't just go to Starbucks again and just think, oh, the government, you can always trust the government. You cannot trust the government. I'm telling you, if I have enough time, I'm going to make enough time. You're going to, I'm going to just scare the hell out of you on these vaccines because these vaccines are, are <laughs> they're putting crap in these vaccines. The, the factor, the vaccine factories are getting shut down because they're so filthy. There's stuff and animal products getting, getting in the vaccine. They actually stopped using the Johnson and Johnson. We got 
they they got the vaccines contaminated. They had to f- throw out millions of doses because they contaminated the vaccines and the government FDA caught them. I'm going to run out of time. It's a shame. I, I, you know, during World War II, okay, the war breaks out, right? You remember the war, World War II, early 1940s, right? Mid 41, a lot of people went to the, uh, so a lot of these black guys, right? Impoverished black guys, they joined because they're going to defend our country. They went and got tested and 256 of these guys that wanted to serve our country in a most difficult time. They said, dude, you, you're infected with syphilis. Well, sure they were. Because they weren't getting treated anywhere. They were, the government told them, we're treating you. When they got there, they thought, oh, we're treated. And they said, no, 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 dude, you're packing syphilis. you got to get treated before you can come in the military. You know what they did? Instead of treating them, they said, we're not going to let you go in the military. We want you to remain sick with syphilis. We're going to fake the treatment, and then you're going to end up dying, and we're going to study you right to the end. They treated these people like rats. This study, this guy that was running the study, his name's Von der Leer. He said, this study is of great importance from a scientific standpoint. It represents one of the last opportunities which the science of medicine will have to conduct an investigation of this kind. What does it mean of this kind? That means playing around with people, just like the German doctor Mengele did. They experimented on people. And that's why they had the Nuremberg trials and they hung those dudes. And this guy was doing it in the United States. Do you know that Hitler's people came to America to study how we, we, uh, we experimented on the black people and they used that against the Jews, the eugenist people of Germany and the eugenist people like Margaret Sanger and the Rockefellers and those people, they all were in it together. And they learned how they could eliminate the minority peoples here. And they used it against the minorities of Europe, the gypsies, the Jews, right? The strategies. You always hear, oh, the FEMA camps here. Oh, that's just just a conspiracy theory. (laughs) Oh... Where do you think they got the idea of the camps? They got them from America. Do you know we had camps for black people? And we we called them, uh, I can't think of the term we use, uh, simple-minded people. There's another term for it. But they called them mentally deranged people. And you know what they did? They forced sterilized. You, you think the Chinese were the first one to come up with forced sterilization? I don't know whether I covered this last week with Uyghur people. Uyghur guys said that they were forcing, they were, they were sterilized, forced sterilizing Uyghur women in China in the, in the concentration labor camps. We, we had that going way before them. We were doing that to black women. By 1947, penicillin was a standard therapy. The U.S. government sponsored several public health programs to form rapid treatment centers to eradicate disease completely. 
when campaigns to eradicate the venereal disease came to Macon County, st- study researchers prevented, 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 prevented the subjects from participating. They said, our guys can't take it. When they said blacks moved to the front of the line and the NAACP said, yeah, we deserve it. They are so stupid. Taking this shot. Although some of the men in the study received arsenical, it's an arsenic type treatment or what they call, or they got some penicillin elsewhere. For most of them, this did not amount to adequate therapy. In other words, you got to give penicillin in the right way. By the end of 1972, when it ended, 74 of the test subjects were still alive. Of the original 399 men, 28 had died of syphilis. 100 died of related complications from syphilis. 40 of the wives had been infected, and 19 of their children were born with congenital syphilis. That's like affecting their brain and their nervous system and everything else. A guy named Peter, if you want to, if you want to remember, you know something, people have lost their courage today. They have no balls. They have no uh, integrity. Because you know why? Because, oh, well, I'm going to lose my job. Oh, well, I'll lose my income. They won't want to do business with me. They, so people won't speak out. I know doctors today that think Dr. Lou is so full of baloney, but they will not speak out. You know why? Because ethically, you don't speak out against another doctor. Same thing with attorneys. There's attorneys here crooked as the people that are in jail. I know them. They're crooked. Doctor, I know a doctor that molested his patients. He got finally caught and kicked out of the medical profession. Doctors will not speak out against her. Whistleblower, a guy named Peter Buxton, Buxton, B-U-X-T-U-N, Peter Buxton. Remember that. He was a hero to the black people. They probably don't. He's a white guy. He whistle blew, led to major changes in the U.S. law and regulations. It wasn't easy. He fought for years to expose the murderous. These people, I'm telling you, you see, people got a problem with me saying people ought to be tried and shot. We have done that for years throughout history. People, crimes against humanity. What was this? What what would you call it? If your relatives were lied to and they died and your niece died, baby niece, nephew or niece died of syphilis because if U.S. government let it happen and lied to them, infected them and li- or not infected them but lied to them and gave them something that wasn't going to do them any good at all, They wanted to watch what it did to their body. That's exactly what they did in Nazi concentration camps. Oh, well, you know, we we would never do that. We did that. We've done it over and over again. We've sterilized black people. Simple, they called them simple-minded, a gal that maybe had too many kids. They, They got some judge to go along with it. You think, oh, well, judges would never do that. I hope never our lo- local judges would do that, but I'm telling you, there are some screwed up judges in this country. They are corrupt big time. I'm sorry I'm running out of time for a lot of this. There's, this is some great stuff here. It is. It will scare the hell out of you if you'll take time to read it. 
There was one lady, I'm very sad for her. She was a nurse, black nurse, and she was used to pull this all off. And she stayed with the program. Where is her? Her name is Eunice Rivers. She was the longest employee of the program, and she coddled and knew the whole thing. Nurse Eunice Rivers trained at Tuskegee Institute and worked at its hospital, was recruited at the start of the program, just like Planned Parenthood recruited black pastors to lie to people to go to these clinics and kill their children. Rivers played a crucial role in the study because she served as a direct link to the regional African-American community. Vondelur, the head guy, considered her participation to be the key to gaining the trust of the subjects and promoting their participation. There's so many people that trust in this, all these medical people right now pushing this baloney. As a part of Miss Rivers Lodge, she had a place, a, a place where they would come to get this, these supposed treatments. Participants would receive free physical examinations at Tuskegee University. They thought, oh, Miss Rivers, she got our back. She's loving us. They would give them free rides to and from the clinic, hot meals on examination days, and free treatment for male minor ailments. Remember all what? what you, can you think of anything that's going on today to make you comply? How about the stimulus checks? Is that like a free meal for you? Yeah, you loving that stimulus check? Do you liking that? You're not, you're not getting like a, a pot of stew or a bowl of beans, but you're getting some, that unemployment insurance, per, I heard that's pretty good. I'm not getting it, but I heard it's pretty good. I per, in fact, some of you prefer to going back to work, I heard. Rivers became the first person who provided con- continuity to the participants. She was the only study staff person to work with participants for the four full 40 years. This woman, is she rotting in hell? Lying to these poor souls? I, I don't understand this. I don't know why blacks com- are complicit in this crazy stuff against their own people. There's a study here in September 25th, 2018. Syphilis cases surge among U.S. newborns reaching a 20-year high. It says congenital syphilis can lead to a number of complications, including miscarriage or premature birth, as well as blindness, deafness, and death in newborns. And we don't want to worry about it by the health department over here because... We got other things on our mind. Come on, people. All right, we're gonna take a break. We're in our. We're gonna end up starting our fifth segment here in just a second. Hold on. We're gonna rock this town, rock it inside out. We're gonna rock this town, make them scream and shout. We're gonna rock, 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 man, rock. We're gonna rock till we pop. We're gonna rock. Till we pop. I'm Kyle Mann. I'm Ethan Nicole, and this is the Babylon Bee News Desk. With Derek Chauvin found guilty on all three counts, many who have been seeking racial justice feel that for once they've won. Oh, what? But some... No, no, no. Not me. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. 
up. But some feel that this wasn't true justice at all. With us now is one of the founders of Black Lives Matter coming to us from one of her homes in Malibu, California. This is just the beginning. We got more work to do. There will not be justice until I can afford a fifth house. Or, I mean, um, until that the white supremacy thing is, like, gone or something. But surely you can admit that the conviction of Chauvin was a massive step forward towards racial healing. Says who? Oppression comes in many forms. Wow. That is good. You know what? I'm no less oppressed now than I was before the conviction. Is that caviar? It's my lunch. Thank you very much. Oh, is that champagne? It's melted gold. Ugh, it doesn't go down easy. But what do you say to critics who accuse you of being more concerned with your own personal wealth than what actually happened to George Floyd? Jose, that is the worst hedge trimming I have ever seen. Rip out that bush and get another one. Now, oh, you cannot find good help these days. Would you say? Just, no, just, no justice, no peace, okay? So at this uh, major milestone, what do you see next for Black Lives Matter, the organization? Your M&M's, ma'am. Is that a green M&M I see in there? <laughs> Guess who's fired? Black Lives Matter have got a long, lucrative future ahead. I'll make sure of it. All right, well, there you have it. The future of Black Lives Matter. In other news, Nancy Pelosi thanked millions of babies today for sacrificing their lives for women's rights. Thank you, 60 million babies, for sacrificing your life for the noble cause of reproductive health care. So there's two arguments for that. First is the stage of development. When leftists call a baby a fetus, and say that a fetus is not a baby, by definition, it's different. That's a stupid argument because a fetus is simply a term that identifies the stage of development. You know, it starts with a zygote and then an embryo and then a fetus and then uh, and then a baby when it's born. But the, st the terms for stages of development continue after birth. You have a newborn, you have an infant, you have a toddler, you have a child, you have an adolescent, you have an adult, you have, you know, geriatric. I mean, it's just a term... I think that's a real one. <laughs> um, it's just a stage of development, but does that stage of development mean that that baby is not uh, a human? Is it a different species? Because if not, then the stage of development is completely irrelevant. That would be uh, that would be answer A. Answer B. If you're talking about the viability argument, the viability argument is just a humbling reminder to us, and I mean the entire human race, that we have not yet perfected the science and art of medicine. Because viability changes, and it has throughout the course of modern medicine. We used to not be able to save a baby's life if, uh, if that baby was born prematurely. Now, if a baby is born at I think it's 23 weeks, we, can we have a chance of saving that baby's life outside of the womb. So viability doesn't determine the humanity of that baby because viability is on a spectrum that we as human beings uh, are chasing. We are trying to develop technology that, uh, that reduces the number of weeks at which we can define viability. And again, that has nothing to do whatsoever with humanity, unless your friends know something I don't know. Well, it's not always raining. There'll be days like this. One there's no one complaining, there'll be days like this. 
When everything falls into place, like the flick of a switch. All right, I'm going to give you the. I'm going to give you the. Uh, if you want to look up this, this is a Stanford study that never got any media coverage that proves face masks. This is the title of it. Stanford study quietly published at NIH.gov proves face masks are absolutely worthless against COVID. This is a Stanford University medical study, folks, and it is gnarly. The data suggests that both medical and non-medical face masks are ineffective to block human-to-human transmission of, of the virus and infectious disease such as SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19 supporting against the usage of face masks. And then it lists all the gnarly stuff. Leaders, anyway, I, I got to get off this. I got I to gotta, I, I gotta talk to you about this. You know, people... I hope that everybody does all right that are given, getting these vaccines and you don't end up, it doesn't kill you. It's killing some people. I'm going to go down here and I got to tell you uh, about, you know, I used to think, you, you know, you go to the doctor and you get an immunization or you, you get a, you get a shot for something, you know, uh, you get treated, right? And you just assume that everything is like quality, excellent quality, uh, clean. Uh, oh, let me give you, this is some of the phys- physiological effects of a mask. Hypoxemia, hypercapnia, shortness of breath, increased lactate concentration, decline in pH levels, acidosis, toxic- toxicity, inflammation, self-contamination, Increase. This is from Stanford University. Increase in stress hormones level, adrenaline, non-adrenaline, uh, cortisol. Increase muscle tension, immunosuppressant. Think about it. Mask is suppressing your immune system, which is supposed to kill COVID. It's suppressing your immune system, according to Stanford University. Here's the psychological effect. Remember, I was talking about the collateral damage, the psychological effect. It activates the fight or flight stress response. Those are chemicals that pour out of your brain and just poison the crap out of you. Chronic stress condition, fear. You're telling you people. Mood disturbances, insomnia, fatigue, compromised cognitive performance, health other health consequences, headaches, anxiety, depression, hypertension, cardiovascular distress, cancer, diabetes. Also, I mean, I don't even, I get, that's just a tidbit. I, if that doesn't get it for you, wear your mask, enjoy it, buy a bunch of them. You know, it's amazing to me. Some of these masks have been worn day after day after day, the same mask. They just put the same one on. They're just sucking in all this funk. It's just ridiculous. It's just, it's a pitiful thing. Okay. Here's another, here's another set. Pfizer's COVID vaccine may trigger herpes virus that causes shingles. They're not talking about genital herpes. They're talking about the, like the chicken pox vibe. You know, you know, if you got chicken pox, like I had chicken pox when I was a kid, they, they say that if they tested me right now, I would show the chicken pox virus in my system, but it's, it's, it's latent. In other words, it's not going to, it's not going to activate. 
But the COVID vaccine, they're they're believing it's triggering the herpes virus that causes shingles. I don't know if you've ever had herp, a shingle. Some of my friends have, and they say it's it's not so good. I've not had it. Thank you, Jesus. So uh, anyway, uh, what it does is awakens the herpes virus to become active and then come out in your system, right? The same virus that the same virus that causes chickenpox causes shingles. It's reactivated after lying dormant in the cranial and spinal nerves in the body. It then travels along affected nerves to the area of the skin served by those nerves where it causes a distinctive stripe-like rash on one side of the face or body. Anyway, that's that. So uh, that's the Pfizer. Now, there's another deal. Okay, this is the article I, I, I got to get in because it's so, it, it shocked me. Title, FDA slams troubled COVID vaccine manufacturer over quality control issues. You know something, you ever gone to a fat, you ever have somebody you know that works in one of these fast food places and they thought, they thought, yeah, I work there, but dude, don't eat the food, right? You ever had anybody say something like that? Oh, you wouldn't believe it tastes good and it looks good when we deliver it, but uh, you better not eat that stuff, right? You ever heard anybody like, oh, yeah, you should see how we make that or what goes into that? Or you have people like say, oh, you ever made hot dog? You ever worked in a hot dog factory and see what goes into those hot dogs, right? You ever heard of that? Well, that's what this is with this this group. New FDA report about this is a, this is a manufacturer, manufacturer of the vaccines. They're sticking in there, right? They don't come from God. They don't come delivered down perfect. It's called Emergent Biosolutions. They receive millions, uh, listen to this, millions in taxpayer funding, and they mixed up the doses. They mixed up the doses, people, of J, the J, Johnson & Johnson and the AstraZeneca. The AstraZeneca one is the one that has aborted fetus in it. It's got uh, animal stuff in it. AstraZeneca came out of Britain. But these guys are reproducing it in the United States. And, and so they mixed up the two vaccines. The report also said that the, the plant, the manufacturing plant was too small, poorly designed and filthy, filthy. These are people that you're trusting to put something into your body that's going to affect the rest of your life, people. Now, let me read this. This is going to like scare you. It's just like, it's unbelievable. Says Johnson and Johnson, a mixed up last month, the mix up last month results in 15 million doses of J and J vaccine being discarded, but they may have been, they may have contaminated additional doses. According to the report of the, this is a report by the U S food and drug administration. The 13 page report also identified a series of other problems at the Baltimore facility owned by emergent biosolutions emergent, which in June received $628 million in taxpayer funding through the U S department of health and human services to establish a primary U S manufacturing. They got the deal. They cornered the market. And, and I'm telling you all the bosses sold their stock it peaked and they sold they they had an inside trading deal and they made millions of dollars on a stock drop 
The FDA shut down, they temporarily shut down their operations. According to the FDA report, there is no assurance that other batches have been subject to cross-contamination. The report also said the plant was not maintained in a clean and sanitary condition. Inspectors found peeling paint and unidentified black and brown residue on the floors and walls, as well as a failure to properly decontaminate waste generated during the manufacture of the vaccine. During the FDA inspection completed Tuesday, the Baltimore plant was found to be too small, poorly designed, and dirty. Unsealed bags of medical waste were observed along with damaged floors and walls that could inhibit proper cleaning. Emergent also failed to establish or failed to adequately train their personnel involved in manufacturing operations, quality control sampling, weight and and dispense, and engineering operations to prevent cross-contamination of bulk stuff. You ever had a package of food and it says no peanut products? This food was produced on equipment that had no contact with peanuts because peanuts, some people are allergic to peanuts, right? So they're assuring that this, this, the, the way this, this was produced had no exposure to any of these other products. This is, they're mixing the vaccines. Uh, it says, so this Dr. Jose Romero, chairman of a panel advising the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, said this, I'm shocked. Caesar, he says, Jose, Jose says, I'm shocked. I can't put it, I I don't even have any words to say, Jose says. He works for the Centers for Disease Control. He says he's going to meet Friday to determine whether to lift the pause on JJ's vaccine, announced last week after reports of blood clots clots in the brain. One, One young guy, he was like about 40 years of age, went and got the vaccine, died, left seven children plus his wife. I know a lot of you liberals will say, well, that, we need to stop that guy anyway with seven kids. We don't believe in seven kids, right? One, one and done. In statements Wednesday, the FDI emergent and JJ said they were working to resolve the problems at the factory, but gave no indication of how long that would take. Now, now this isn't just a, a little a, a blip. Just two weeks after the government handled JJ control over the air air prone emergent plant. The FDA asked Emergent to suspend production of J.J.'s COVID vaccine after inspecting the facility. According to the Washington Post, J&J said it was working to resolve the situation and Emergent would address any da-da-da-da. I got to get down here to the beef. So uh, anyway, this plant is filthy, dirty. The chemicals got all mixed up, dude. They were like running grape juice. And then they got orange juice going and they mixed the orange and the grape juice together. It's like SunSweet style, right? SunSweet packages over here in UBC. They package all these special drinks and everything. It's like SunSweet didn't clean the product out and just added some more stuff to it and mixed it together. Crazy. Okay. In, in November 2020, production of a batch of J.J.'s vaccine had to be discarded after workers hooked up. This is unbelievable. Listen to this. This is something that happens at Taco Bell. The workers hooked up the wrong gas line and accidentally suffocated the cells 
where the virus for the vaccine vaccine is grown. Do you understand that some of these vaccines have got to be kept at a freezing temperature? I mean, it's technical, dude. It is not something that some guy, some welfare babe just rolls out, out of bed after smoking crack all night and comes in there and does a good job and everything's going to be hunky-dory. You know, the stuff that you're jamming in your arm, you have no idea where it came from. Have you ever thought that our country is falling apart? Now, then the whole, the, the whole part here on how the leaders of emergent are cashing in and selling off all their stock before they go bust. And they're making millions of dollars. According to SEC filings from the beginning of September through November 15, 2020, executives and directors of Pfizer, Moderna, Novavax, and Emergent, who received government COVID vaccine funding, made stock transactions valued at a net profit of $105 million. They don't care about your health, people. Are you with me? The CDC killed black people. They infected black people. They didn't care whether their babies died. The CDC, the people you're trusting, I'm telling you, like the Air Force model. They say, uh, it's slipping my mind what the Air Force motto is I always use. Uh, In God we trust, all others we monitor. Everybody else you should be monitoring. Everybody else. Don't trust anything. The country is no longer... Barack Obama said at one time, this is not a Christian country. I think he and I look at it a little bit differently, but I would agree with him in one sense. It is no longer based. It is no longer a moral country. Whether it's Muslim, whether it's Confucianism, whether it's Buddhism, it's no longer a moral country. People are absorbed in their self. They're self-serving. They will do anything. They will slit your throat. They will put a funky uh, syphilis in your arm. They will, they will let you think they're treating you, and they're not treating you. They're treating you like a guinea pig. Don't blame me. And don't make, say, oh, well, Lou, you know, he just negative. Fine negative. Don't do any research, right? Just specialize in eating your Snickers and a cup of coffee and go get the vaccine. Be stupid. Be stupid. The the stockholders are suing the directors. The lawsuit alleges false and misleading comments by company executives drove up the price Listen, people, these people have no, they're not humanitarians. They're not philanthropists. They're just ripping you off. They don't care what happens. They're just doing, they're going to blame it on the government. Do you, th- do you think you're going to be able to sue the government over this vaccine? You know, you cannot sue Pfizer, Moderna, or any of the other vaccine makers. They're exempt. They're immune. You know why? Because the people you put into Congress voted that way and they gave them immunity. And then they gave them millions and billions of your tax dollars. I'm just not throwing terms out. I'm telling you, they fronted them money to produce these to save your life from a common cold. 
and then they turned around and had these funky factories. Did you see, I don't know whether you saw this on a, on a, I saw this picture over and over on social media of these Indian dudes. And I've, I've been to India. And uh, so you'll go into these little shops and they'll be all sitting on the floor uh, working on making gems or working on marble or carving stuff and inserting gems into marble. And, but they, they're working on these little primitive uh, wheels and rigs and jigs and stuff and and they're all in shorts working on the floor it's very hot and very primitive and and it's a shot of them pack making face masks that are coming to the u.s and the masks are stacked right on the dirt floor it's just unbelievable it is unbelievable but that's what you're putting in your arm and um uh, it, the, the the production of these vaccines is funky. It's funky. It's funky. So uh, I want to mention uh, we're, we're, we got a few minutes and then we're going to break into uh, the last segment here. I can't believe it's over. There's just a lot to talk about about these things. And I can't really I want to talk more about the syphilis thing and about the, the vaccine thing. I just don't have the time. I'm just once a week. But I want to thank uh, Mar- Monty Hecker, who's done such a wonderful job uh, building a company out here in Yuba County that's now serving all over Northern California. If you need somebody to help you with your security issues or you need somebody to brainstorm with, whether it's home security or whether it's uh, business security or farm security, Monty Hecker is an honest, good guy and uh, located in, in in Yuba County, but serving counties probably maybe 15, 20 counties up here in the Northern California area. All, all, he tells me from below Sacramento all the way up to the Oregon border here and there. So wherever you are, if you're up here in Cal- Northern California, you could get a job. They're looking for workers. You know, everybody I know, everybody I know that has a business is looking for good workers. Isn't it amazing? There's a breakdown of, of uh, quality people. People just don't want to work and they're not honest and they're loaded on drugs. They're smoking the weed. So uh, Elite Universal Security is Monty Hecker's operation. They're at 5548 Feather River Boulevard. And uh, when we get going here on this uh, uh, Recall Gavin campaign and put up signs, they'll have signs out there. They don't have them yet, but they will have them there, and we'll have them in several places to distribute. Monty has been the key guy here on uh, Recall Gavin up here in Yuba Sutter counties. So you can look at his website, EliteUniversalSecurity.com or api-academy.com. If you're a youngster, you're not quite old enough to be a police officer or a sheriff's deputy or a correctional officer, you can you could start going to classes at Monty's place and get some training, even though you're, you're not ready to or old enough to become a full-fledged officer. But you can start training. You know, you can get classes under your belt that are good. So uh, check that out. You can also get a concealed weapon permit through... Uh, the training and the class through uh, Elite Universal Security, you can call them at 530-749-0280, Okay, hey, I wanted to mention also before we break here, uh, I got about a half minute. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Ernie Friesen. Uh, he owns Elite, Elite uh, sorry, not Elite, but uh, All Seasons RV uh, in Yuba City all seasons RV and uh, Ernie 
bought KMYC Radio, which I believe is the oldest K is the oldest AM radio station in our community. I can't speak about FM. And uh, but they've set up a new studio in downtown Marysville, and uh, they got new, all new equipment, new uh, new everything. It sounds really good. They got KMY. You know, they had an arson, and it burned down the station here in Linda. But I want to congratulate Ernie this Saturday. Uh, you know, all week they have uh, speakers on the radio there, conservative, different type of talk shows. And uh, they're all simulcast and through satellite. But on the weekends, they're going to do live um, shows like they used to do when I started in radio uh, many years ago, uh, maybe seven years ago or so. And I used to do a Saturday program. So they're going to do Saturdays coming up this Saturday, this today. If you This is the day for, on the 24th, same day as you're listening to this, if you're just getting it fresh. But you can listen to KMYC. They're going to have their first shows up. And uh, I'm not going to be there, but uh, but I may. I may in the future. I just got to work out some details. Uh, they've invited me to come back there. Uh, so, uh, But there will be some speakers, uh, live speakers throughout the day, various topics. I don't know if you remember Mike, the wine guy. He's supposed to be coming back. And Bob Day is going to be there doing a show. And, and uh, so anyway, uh, you might want to start looking back at 1410 a.m. And they may have an FM side to them, but I can't remember that, whether they've hooked that up yet or not. But it's it's uh, I've been listening to it during the week and it's uh, clear and uh, sounds great. So let me take a break and then we're going to come back and finish the last segment. All right. I went down to the river and I took a look around. They were old men's shoes There were needles on the ground Candace, joining us, um, your thoughts on the guilty verdict, guilty on all charges? Um, it's the wrong verdict, in my opinion, and I think that it's indicative of the fact that we now live in mob rule. This is mob rule society. Yeah. I mean, this is based on the evidence that we saw, and, and this was polluted from start to finish. So to me, the most important element of this, which I found to be astonishing, was the fact that they never released the full police footage. They had it. They sat on it. Right. They locked it down. It leaked months and months later after the riots, um, you know, via the Daily Mail, I think. But when I watched the full tape, I, I was astonished that they didn't think to just at least add this context so that people understood, yes, this person was high out of his mind. He asked to be put on the ground. He was resisting arrest. Let's not forget what the media, what they did, the power they had in setting up this narrative to begin with. Mm. First, the media said he was just getting his life together. Do you remember St. George? Yeah, do you guys remember St. George, yeah. right? He was just getting his life together. He had moved to Minnesota. Yes, he was, you know, had, had been in prison in the past, but he was just helping the youth. And everyone was crying. And, and it was, oh my gosh, this man is, you know, was getting a second chance at life. And, you know, maybe had the wrong idea or whatever it was, 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 was using uh, counterfeit bills and somebody called the police and, and then he was killed. He was brutally murdered uh, on the basis of him being black. No indication. Uh, nothing was said out of Derek Chauvin's mouth that, uh, you know, should insinuate that this was about being black versus white, but that was what the media ran with. And then they successfully hid every piece of evidence that would have transformed public opinion, right? Every piece of evidence that would have said, wait a second, there's more here. And they were upset when I released the video and just went over his track record because it was clear to me, according to his track record, that it was very unlikely that a person that spends, you know, approximately nine 
prison stints. Nine stints in prison was really just getting his life together yeah. after ha having served the last one. So, you know, to me, I think the saddest part of this is that what we need to acknowledge is that right now, mob rules. The media creates the mob and the mob rules. And that's what we just saw play out. Candace Owens is the host of Candace. She joins us tonight. Candace, thanks so much for coming on. I mean, I, maybe I'm being too soft, but anybody who can talk you know, America's woke corporate structure into sending close to $100 million on the basis of that lame rap kind of gets my respect in a way. She has my respect because she's unapologetic in her approach. She's telling you what she is. She's a Marxist. So Marxists steal money from other people and they enrich themselves <laughs> right. until the people that they stole from are poor. And so she has stolen money from other people on the pretext of a lie that is Black Lives Matter. And she's enriched herself yeah. and she's brought four homes. I mean, you have to kind of appreciate the honesty. She's not hiding by any means, you know. And so, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you here. She's a communist through and through and she's been unbelievably unapologetic in her approach. Al Sharpton must be looking at this and saying, like, I've done this for 40 years. Where did I go wrong? I don't have a house in Topanga Canyon. Right, exactly <laughs> really right. It's completely ridiculous. But, and, you know, you're right. The corporations are, are standing behind her, which is incredibly interesting. And you pointed to something really important. You know, these corporations that are pouring millions and millions of dollars into Black Lives Matter, and you're correct, they said, we raised more than $90 million. How much more? We will never know. But $90 million, of which $21 million apparently went to, according to Black Lives Matter themselves, it went to um, building the black movement. Like, I don't even know what that means. It, it, $25 million going to building a black movement. Apparently, the black black movement was Patrice moving herself, a black woman moving herself uh, into other areas of the communities of people that she claims are oppressing black Americans. She's fearful of, of white people, white people are so bad. Well, why doesn't she want to live amongst black people? Why is she choosing to move herself into an all-white neighborhood? These are important questions. Yeah, I think they are. It's not. It's Topanga Canyon, not Riverside County. I, really quickly, the, the looting that we're seeing in Minneapolis was just reflexive. This police shooting does sound like it raises questions about the competence of the police officer and what's going on with the Minneapolis Police Department. Maybe they've lowered the standards. Maybe there aren't, you know, enough cops. Who knows? We should find out, I think. But looting in immediate response to that, why would we put up with that? We shouldn't put up with that, but the reason why we do is because the, the Democrats see some advantage in this, right? So right now you have a bunch of criminals that love Black Lives Matter as an organization. They love when a black person dies, and we don't know what the reasons are. We don't know what happened, but it, it signals to them that they are now allowed to run into the streets and grab whatever they want, whether it's from Target, whether it's from Walmart. And what's remarkable also is that these corporations are standing behind Black Lives Matter, right? They're, they're pouring money into these corporations. And I remember most notably during the George Floyd riots, uh, Target even came out and said, we don't even care that we were rioting and looted because we just stand with Black Lives Matter. That's not a normal thing for a corporation to do when it's losing money. So that means that a corporation must be getting something else, right? What is it? What are they investing in when they invest in the lie that is Black Lives Matter? What is the return? I think Josh Hawley alluded to it in the previous segment, and I think you're on to something when you say that the corporations seek to control this country. They're willing to give up money. They're willing to let their stores be rioted and looted because they see something bigger that they're gaining from these riots and these looting, these lootings and these lies. And that is control over this country. It's power and it's sinister and it's sick. And if some Pakistani liquor store owner is destroyed in the process, like you think Jeff Bezos cares?
Okay, welcome back for our final segment. And I, before we start, uh, get into the thick of things, I want to go ahead and, and uh, acknowledge my appreciation for the, the other two guys that helped me uh, with this show uh, each week or month. And that is uh, Dave Green's construction um, this week uh, that just passed, uh, Dave's wife and him. Uh, put together uh, a play, a dinner theater choices out at that they had out at the Church of Glad Tidings or the Embassy Theater on the Church of Glad Tidings campus, and uh, they had three nights of a dinner theater, and they raised money all the all the proceeds of the raffle and the the paying of the seats and everything, the dinner, the theater. Normally, the theaters out there, if there's no dinner theater, they're all free, but. But this was a fundraiser, tri-tip. I think they're serving tri-tip and chicken. And But they, I heard wonderful things about it. And uh, all the money was going to a transitional living center that's operated by Church of Glad Tidings, taking people in that are trying to get back on their feet and uh, coming out of rehabs or coming out of prison or just maybe coming out of the river bottoms or just, you know, they want to get their life back together. So that's all funded by Church of Glad Tidings. And so the money, all the money, 100% of the money, after expenses goes to cover the costs of folks that are uh, can't cover their own costs yet. Pretty soon they will be, but right now they can't. So anyway, I, the reason I bring it up is that Dave Greenitz and his wife Leslie have put on these for, I don't know, over two decades. And uh, Dave does a great job construction. He is the best, the top of the line. If you want the top of the line in remodeling your kitchen or bath or or really any any house rem- home remodeling, uh, putting on a deck, uh, you know, putting in a, right now, I mean, I, it's time to put in the whole house fans and, and try to keep your PG and E down. They still do whole house fans and it cuts your, um, the, the need for, to, to run the big units. And, uh, so you can reach them at, uh, 530-682-9602. Um, he'll probably answer the phone. He doesn't use a, he doesn't have a big office. Everybody is like working on kitchens and baths. So uh, uh, 530-682-9602, you could text him there. But you could see his work at uh, without even dr- leaving your home. And you could go to Greenitz Construction. That's green with E-T-Z on the end. Greenitzconstruction.com. You could, you could peruse his work before and after shots right on that site. And you could actually shoot him a little message right from that site and ask him more questions. Um. Uh, you could also go to his Facebook page, which is Dave Greenitz Construction. And that's your Facebook page. Same thing over there, before and after. Cool shots uh, showing what they did to, to rejuvenate and up, upgrade a, you know kitchens that were from the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, just lots of decades, all the different looks, and, and now what the looks are today and bathrooms, etc. So check it out. Uh, you may have to wait a few months to to get uh, to get in line to get your job done, uh, but maybe just a few weeks to get him to come and talk to you about the job. But you could also do your own research on his operation and uh, at these uh, social media sites. Also, the plumbing doctor Ted Holmes uh, he runs the runs the plumbing doctor, and uh, they serve Ubisetter counties. And you can uh, reach them 24 hours a day at 530-671-9111, 530-671-9111. For those in Marysville, 
the water prices are so unbelievably high here that if you have any old fixtures like toilets or you you know if your shower heads aren't dialed down to spray less water but you got those old i had some old toilets here that were 50 years old 60 years old they came in and switched them out saved me multiple gallons per flush hello and that was like gold it's like gold water is like gold here in marysville it's very expensive and so if you can cut it down anyway uh, take advantage of it so uh so check out uh, Mr. Greenitz and Ted Holmes and Monty Hecker. Do it for me. Tell them you uh, heard a shout-out from over here. And that will they might even give you what I call a deadhead discount because Mr. Greenitz used to be uh, a real fan of the, uh, the Grateful Dead. I want to read a quote from you. I'm looking for it right here. Uh, if I can find it here. Uh, Uh, I don't know whether I'm going to find it. I'm close. Next one. Bobby Kennedy. And and so if you're if you're relatively young, you wouldn't know who Bobby Kennedy is. Bobby Kennedy was the uh, younger brother of John Kennedy, who was president. And when John Kennedy became president, uh, his brother, who was an attorney, uh, he made the attorney general of the United States. And at that time, there was a big mafia problem. Uh, there's still mafia issues in the United States. But at that time, there was an Italian mafia problem. And Bobby Kennedy uh, worked pretty hard at cleaning it up. And uh, so uh, he says this, which I like it. He says, every time we turn our heads, we need to listen to this right here. Because we have we have a, a our na- nation right now is... Uh, predominated by people with no backbone and they will not stand up against evil. And so when you don't do that, evil prevails and the whole country falls to hell in a handbasket. So Bobby Kennedy said this, every time we turn our heads the other way, when we see their law flouted, like it was interesting to hear judge a barrier this week, talk about that. He, he believed in the law. Uh, you know, some judges don't. Some judges flaunt, flaunt the law. They, they ignore the law. They just make decisions. But it, I could tell that Barrier said, I'm honoring the law wearing this mask. He didn't get into his personal beliefs. He just said, I'm honoring Judge Givens, who declared we're all going to wear masks. So Bobby Kenny says, every time we turn our heads the other way, when we see the law flouted, then we tolerate what we know to be wrong. When we close our eyes and ears to the corrupt because we are too busy or too frightened. When we fail to speak up and speak out, we strike a blow against freedom, decency, and justice. Right now we're seeing people that are being found guilty that aren't guilty. We, we're, we're being run by mob rule. It doesn't matter whether we're in court or not. Wrong people are going to prison and getting punished. That's justice. Decency is uh, the founding fathers did not believe this country would survive unless people uh, had a moral compass in their in their soul and heart and were decent people and they could self 
they could manage themselves. They could they had self control. There aren't enough police in the world to control everybody. People need to take control of themselves and manage themselves and be good people. I, I there's a clip I think here today that you listened to that talks about Tom Soul talks about what we've lost honesty. Have you ever noticed how how often people lie? Some some of the most important people are you know big shots in our country, big people you trust. You know you should be able to trust. They lie. And um, so he said it's a blow against freedom, decency, and justice. Decency is virtue, being virtuous. Freedom, blow against freedom. People have surrendered their freedom in this COVID thing. It's amazing. They just say, oh, yeah, it doesn't make any difference to me. (laughs) It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, Okay, so I want to also... This is this is just the crazy things that are going on. This is another story here. I'll just read this story. A young 17-year-old was shopping at St. Cloud, Minnesota, at a sports store called Shields. The cashier was a Muslim lady who was wearing uh, a headscarf. The 17-year-old was wearing a necklace with a cross on it. She told him, the Muslim lady, the, the cashier told the guy he would have to put his cross under his shirt because it offended her. He told her he would not do that. Then he told her that he thought she should take her headscarf off. She then called for the manager. The manager came out and told the 17-year-old to just put his cross under his shirt and everything's just going to be fine. Now, this reminded me of People saying to me, will you just put the mask on and everything's just going to be all right? Same thing you see Davis is saying, just show us that back card or that PCR test and everything's just going to be fine. The boy again refused to do so. And at that point, he left the items he had intended to purchase and he walked out of the store. Several customers who had been in line behind him had heard the conversation and also left their carts full of their items, and they walked out of the store as well. It says here, we all know that in some very changing times, that we are in some very changing times or challenging times, and given the same circumstances, I pray we would all have the courage this young man had. question is what are we willing to stand up for what are we willing to to do some friends of mine were up at the chico city council meeting because we've been meeting in sutter uh, and sutter counties with people from butte and nevada counties and sacramento counties about some of the same challenges we have here and at the city council uh chambers uh the the folks walked in some of my friends signed a a speaker's card. And I think they refused to put on a mask. But anyway, the the chief of police was there. And I think I know this guy. I think this guy used to work for the Yuba County Sheriff's Department. And and when he was a youngster, he was just the finest guy. And I've always wondered whether this is the guy I knew down here because I I was on trauma calls with him. And I think it was his name was Matt Madden. 
and he was just the nicest guy. And then, and then all of a sudden he moved to Chico. I think he was married at that time. I think his wife may have even worked at, at the uh, ER, the Adventist at that time, right out of ER. Anyway, Matt worked, went up to work for the police department in, uh, in Chico. And then when, when all these folks were up there to speak at the meeting, the, they had an interaction with law enforcement and they said, Hey, you got to either said you have to wear a mask or they have to wear a mask and you can't really be in here. And uh, city council was scheduled to have a meeting and they were there, but they just decided to go into closed session and discuss stuff there and just canceled the meeting. It's just the craziest thing of what we're going through here says, we all know that we're in some challenging times, and given the circumstances, I pray we would all have the courage the young man had. We spent a few minutes talking about the challenge we are facing for our First Amendment rights and relig of religious freedom. I have to, he, the guy says, I have to wonder, what is next? Are they going to try to ban the jewelry store owners from selling any jewelry with a cross on it? Well, something to think about. You know, when I was in Beijing one night, we, we had just smuggled a bunch of Bibles in there, and we were in a ho nice hotel, and so we had a, a team meeting, and we had a, a guy from the underground church there. And uh, so one of the questions from one of the people uh, from our team was, uh, we've heard that there's religious freedom here, we've heard there's religious repression here, we heard there's forced abortions here, we've heard this, we've heard that, the other, and he said, hey, he said, the guy spoke good English, he said, China is a big place. And he said, uh, we got over a billion people. So everything you've heard probably is happening some somewhere. And his point was the same thing we have today. Like there is a difference between sheriffs, one sheriff, and another one sheriff is, is, uh, more proactive with the second amendment. Uh, there's, there's just, Nobody, nobody's the same. And so he, in some areas of China, they just allowed the church to exist and didn't harass people. In other areas, they persecuted the church and tore their building down. <clears throat> so, so that's the differences. And you have the same differences here. Some, some city councils right now and supervisors, you can go in and like they said last week, at the, uh, or maybe it was, I think it was last, or the last time the Board of Supervisors met, met, I was told, in Sutter County, nobody even had a mask on. The COVID thing was just, had gone by the wayside. Something they did, they, they, they sorted things out and changed things around in Sutter County. Yuba County, uh, they had not. They were all wearing masks, the supervisors. In Sutter County, the supervisors weren't wearing any masks. But in Yuba County, they were. But in Yuba County, they ended up passing a Second Amendment resolution uh, that would said that basically said uh, if any if the gov any other government official declares it's got to be this way uh, or that way about guns, we're going to just follow the Constitution and and that will be that. So. Uh, Anyway, the point is that, as the guy from Beijing said, there's lots of different things going around the country. So we're, when I run around town, there, there are certain situations, or I read about certain situations from people I know where people are refused service 
because they don't have a mask on. In fact, I was just a friend of mine was in Chico and he was trying to just order a, a, a slice of pizza like uh, they don't really have. I don't know if they have slices here, but he was trying to order and he was ordering from a window. In other words, he was outside the store and they were inside and they said, you have to have they were harassing him about the mask. And they were wearing masks, the workers inside, but they said, we can't serve you this unless you put on a mask. And I had the same experience with the local Starbucks here that I, I, I've never spent a nickel with Starbucks since. It was months ago. And late one night, normally I don't even shop at Starbucks, but I, I, just, I just had a hankering for a particular type of drink. And I, I just slid in there and I went up and I ordered and she said to me, do you have a mask? I said, no, I don't use them. And she said, well, well, I can't sell you a drink unless you put on a mask. Now, that is that has become it's it's not anything to do with uh, health anymore. It has everything to do with social a social credit score. In other words, if you don't comply with what we believe uh, work work, whatever rules we have. You have to comply with, uh, or we're not going to serve you. We're not interested in your business. And I thought, I got you loud and clear, girl. I said, I said no hard feelings, but I got your message, and I won't be buying anything from here anymore. It's over. So she didn't really care either because it wasn't her rules. If, the, if they lose 100 bucks a day on deals like that, uh, she just thought, hey, I just work here. Right. You heard that term before. I just work there. Right. I don't know that. I can't fix that. I can't do that. No, you take no personal responsibility. I just work here. So the other thing that's going on, we just have a couple minutes left. I just want to say that this is going on in our country right now. Government is exempt from any accountability or legal responsibility. So people can be corrupt in government. They can lie in government. They can cheat in government and nothing really will ever happen. And But the individual that the government was supposed to serve, that individual, the, the vigilance of law enforcement and government, and government rules and regulations, is, is supercharged right now. And people are being held to a very high standard of responsibility. And I think it's too high a standard, and it may violate the Constitution. But the fact is, this corporate thing that used to serve the people now considers themselves somebody that the people need to serve. Not good. It's a bad deal. So um, you can look up this uh, the article by J.D. Rucker. Stanford study quietly published at NIH.gov. You could probably just Google, or I, I use DuckDuckGo now. It's a lot better connect for me. Uh, and, and you could just put this in. Stanford study proves face masks are worthless. Just print that and see what it comes up. And I think you're going to get the uh, this article by J.D. Rucker and... Um, Yeah, so you can pull it up and you could read it or you could print it off or whatever you want to do. I got mine all highlighted and jacked up. 
So uh, anyway, we're running out of time, and I want to give you a shout-out. So uh, do something good this week, and uh, you can always reach me if you need some help. Okay, 530-713-1838. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter...